Freddy Krueger, The Flintstones, and Sideshow Bob return this week on 30-20-10. Welcome to 302010, everyone, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, taking you through three decades of wonderful anniversaries of our favorite movies, TV shows, video games, music, and more. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who is with me? Formerly Wilma Slag Hoople, Diana Goodman. <laughs> I understood that reference. It's me, Sarah, and this episode has everything oh goodness <laughs> that's so weird because that's just something she says all the time it's true and regardless of <laughs> quoting this is going to be one of the weirdest episodes we've had in a while just because man i have a lot of personal issues i have to work out in every single decade of 30 2010 where we travel through three decades 1990 2000 and 2010 starting from the week of april 24th through the 30th let's find out what's 30 20 and 10 years old uh hi welcome to the show Wanted to once again thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time for supporting 302010 and the whole laser time network. Uh, you got a, probably got a new video game show where we go more in depth in the video games of 3020 and 10 years ago. Um, but we definitely have a new episode of Sick of Star Wars, and Sarah's on a recent bonus time Hi. where I, I found I found the movie that was like, I don't know, it felt like the antidote to the quarantine. It was the funniest fucking movie I've seen since all this happened. Uh, hmm. Bad trip, I'll say it right there. Uh, I want to thank uh, executive producers at patreon.com slash laser time, like Kevin Kittredge, who keep us going for as little Thanks, as Kevin. five bucks a month. We do appreciate it. We love you. Welcome to 1990. We're going to start with that April 24th to the 30th and a little bit of news to wage you into the decade. The Hubble telescope is launched. Wow. Yay. Wow. And so, as a little kid, I felt like I heard. I, I felt weird when I didn't hear about the Hubble telescope every day. <laughs> it was a big deal. Yeah. They made such a big deal, and then it became such a punchline because it cost just over a billion dollars. Wow. And when we first launched it, it didn't work. Wow. Oh, no. It had a mirror flaw of two micrometers. Micrometers. That's less than micrometers. a millimeter. Yes. So, uh, so a mirror flaw of one of Antista's dicks. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was going to say they were just a pussy hair off, but Sarah had to bring it to fucking, uh, what is, is, what's the, what's the lady version of chauvinism? Does that exist? We don't have a word nope, yet. it sure don't. <laughs> yeah. But we can invent it because women can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Together we can do it while safe at home. Yeah. Uh, hope everyone's so, holding up for the quarantine, but this is a different yeah. time. We could all go outside and, uh, and look at space. Get space. So yeah, the the Hubble scope just sort of floated around there until 1993 when we could finally make repairs and, and get everything working. And since then, it has worked great, and it is so cool. Mm. It takes pictures of shit that's like 50 billion light years away, which means we're literally looking at the past. Wow! Because it's so far that it's like light can't travel that fast. So we are looking at the past. That is one of those facts that freaks me out all the time when i think about it like i'm yeah. looking at a dead star don't think about it because yeah. once you once you start to understand it you realize you can never travel forward to the future it mm. sucks yeah well i mean it's just weird enough to think like oh well the light you're seeing right now is from the sun eight minutes ago mm -hmm. now put that into billions of years like before the earth was formed this was happening over here and i'm just waiting for the day where we spot like earth two 
and it's like a hundred billion years old and it's like uh guys or an alien with a really good uh telescope is looking at george washington right now oh my god wooden ass teeth that's cr- that's true. You're that right. No wonder they stopped visiting in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes or sense maybe now. A missile shows up and blows us all straight to hell that could travel at the speed of light, and it travels fifty billion years, so, light years. So it was launched by super ancient ancestors of aliens just to fuck us up. I'm just picturing Diana with bird hair right now from Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Very much appreciate that. Uh, all this, oh my goodness! All the, I, dude, I thought I was going to bore everyone with the space talk, but oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm whew. sorry. Look, intro to astronomy was. It turned out to be one of my favorite classes in college. I learned so much crap. Hmm. Yeah. And well, uh, I'm a Virgo, so who is my perfect match? If you love astronomy so much. All right. <laughs> And uh, let's no, get there was more algebra than that crap. I was so disappointed. <laughs> let's get into the movies of 30, 20, 10 years ago. Starting with 30 years ago, 1990, April 24th through the 30th. Pretty Woman moves back up the slot to number one at the box office. Man, a bunch of ladies going up back for another fix of Julia Roberts. That's all I can imagine. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what... Yeah. Wait, we're not there for uh, George Costanza? Come on. I don't, I don't know. All right, maybe <laughs> maybe for Richard Gere. I don't know what, what people's thing is with that guy. Uh, but there's some movies out, and man, it's going to get personal. But not with Hired to Kill. Uh, <laughs> Brian Thompson, Oliver Reed, George Kennedy. Note, Hard to Kill came out two months ago. Mm-hmm. Hard, hard, hard to kill. you got to be careful hard with that. Hard to kill. Hard to kill. It's a hard, those are two difficult movies to market in the South. Mm. <laughs> and motherfucker just like i i was born just after like the relevance of george kennedy and so i only know them from, <laughs> from like halitosis commercials and naked gun exclusively so every time i see him in like a real movie it freaks me the fuck out i just oh, I dude can't watch do it. cool hand luke man he is oh, so that's good right. in that. he's huge mm. yeah he's a I know, monster he's like a giant monster man you're like oh my god that guy could like rip someone's head off no i'm just thinking about the, the like the Bushy sideburn wide lapel George Kennedy that even lasted in a naked gun. Well, Hired to Kill, mm-hmm. any notable thing about this? Hi- Hired to Kill, uh, I love this description so much. Um, it stars Brian Thompson, who you'll recognize if you see him. He's got a giant face. He played ah. bad guys and stuff. Cobra, mm-hmm. maybe? He might have been in Cobra. Uh, the, the description just for Wikipedia is, uh, it is an action-adventure film in which a group of mercenaries posing as fashion models attempt to release captive rebel leaders from a dictatorial regime. Wow. Wow. Right. So what? we got some bikini commandos. Awesome. Good job showing up, Oliver Reed. So, okay. And I, the, the, the big rodeo for me right now is the next movie starring no one, with the exception of Lex, uh, Wayne Alexander, Greg Berger, Royal Dano, Ariana Richards, and Douglas Barr in Spaced Invaders. Oh, crap. Now, five misguided Martians have landed in Big Bean, Illinois. Come on, let's kick some earthling butt. <laughs> Looks like you hit something. On Halloween night. Prepare to die, Earth scum! <laughs> Maybe later. Have fun, boys. They think they're wearing Halloween costumes. What a bunch of morons! Perhaps a taste of this death rat. Perhaps I'll... Oh, God, this movie. Sarah... Sarah was on bonus time this week, the weekly show we give out to patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. And I asked a question of the week. What was swag you held on for far too long? Mm-hmm. And 
For me, I found out, I think in 1989, that you could go into any video store and say, like, I, I just wanted the RoboCop standee. And like, oh, do you want it? Uh, put your name and number on the back of it. And we'll, we'll the first person who answers gets Yes. It. That's how I got my life-size um, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise standee. Do you still have it? <laughs> oh, God. I wish to God I had, still had it. Why but would you it, throw it away? I don't know what happened to it, but it makes me super sad. But, yes, I got that. By putting my name and number on the back of that at far more. At far more. I did it at Movie Gallery. I got RoboCop, uh, the classic Minute Work, and <laughs> two standees for Space Invaders. So I saw the movie the theater twice, thought I loved it, then saw it again like, I don't know if I like this. But those things stayed in my room until I was in my 20s. <laughs> Just because like, if you've seen them, like the best thing about the movie is the effects. And the and the costumes. Uh, the movie is like, mm. to me, it's excruciating because it just embarrasses me that I took my parents to see this maybe twice. I don't remember how this worked mm. out. It is the story of five asshole warmongering Martians, like literally from Mars. The original title was Martians until they gave it the equally awful title of Space Invaders, uh, forever dooming it to be lost in Google searches. <laughs> and these uh, asshole Martians, including one, Sarah and I did a show with our buddy Nathan about like the origins of cartoon voices. And like, yeah, Stimpy's Larry Fine. He, Billy West waited like 50 years. Like, but Jack Nicholson's still popular. You just can't do the main <laughs> captain as bad Jack Nichol. It's so excruciating. Sorry, these warmonger aliens, they end up on Halloween. And I love this concept on paper. You're going to think I'm selling yeah. this movie, but I'm not. I, it sucks. <laughs> uh, they pick up a broadcast of War of the Worlds and like, dude, let's go where the action is and land on Earth to conquer it. None of the humans recognize them as alien threats because it's Halloween and everyone's in costume. So they end up riding around in station wagons and trick-or-treating. It's, oh, so it's a hocus-pocus situation. It's, it's, I, 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 don't, I, I feel like it's cliche that I've said this too many times. This would have been an incredibly excellent rated R movie, or at least with the tone of Mars Attacks. Instead, mm. it's an insipid yeah. kids comedy that I even remember at the time, like, this is not fucking funny. This is <laughs> this is excruciating. And like, but the effects are really cool. It's directed by, uh, what's his name? Patrick Reed Johnson, who has a, has a little bit of history with it. He did the miniature construction, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He wrote Dragonheart. Yeah. Uh, Baby's Day Out is part of his repertoire. <laughs> uh, did, uh, did the miniatures in the V miniseries? So, like, the ships in the beginning, like, blew... I have never seen this in widescreen HD since the movie theater. It blew my... Like, this is too good for this movie. And, and, and the rest <laughs> of the movie is just, like, is terrible. But there's a really... I, I want to say there's a really good concept in it because it is very similar to a screenplay I was whipping up. But basically... Uh, uh, alien, well, I, think, alien, I think it's a cute idea, but I don't know about for a whole movie. Like, yeah. an episode of a cartoon? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see this ha a solid half-hour version of this. Right. I, I yep. think we've, we've seen it. Great. We've seen it but a few God, times. It goes on and on. Because it's, it's aliens that are just incompatible with living on Earth and are just giant assholes. So instead of E.T. being nice and cute, these guys are pop culture spewing, catchphrase <laughs> puking. Yeah. Oh, just annoying, annoying. I believe Tony Cox is one of the people in the soup. Yeah. Uh, and, and I did, I did I did take a closer look at the voice actors and just that, like, holy shit, like a catalog of, like, Looney Tunes, Disney, He-Man, like every single 
voice actors from like everything do the voices of these little characters and they're not lovable but they look really cool because again they're all little people in giant uh with giant heads and with very well articulated eyes and mouths uh so it, it's interesting to look at it's probably really memorable if you saw it but it is the furthest thing from a classic but it was <laughs> it was an indelible part of my childhood and yeah the, i stared at these things through like through puberty and like on into moving out of my parents' house, I don't even know if I actually threw them away. I want to see if I can find them. Uh, <laughs> I, I have life size versions of these characters somewhere in folded cardboard in my maybe in an attic somewhere. But did anybody else ever see this? I would I mean, catch little snippets of this on TV every now and then and just be like, ah, yeah, uh, instantaneously just like this is. The cheapest, worst humor possible for what is really a cute idea and yeah. could be fun. But it's like you're already really lowest common denominator here. Why Why you got to go even low, lower, man? This mm. is one of the few why? things I've... It's like no good jokes. This is None. One, the few things I've seen were like, I want a shot at this. I wish I had a shot at this. Like, I want this concept to work so fucking much because, like, that premise is amazing. <laughs> they think War of the Worlds is real. And, and I think it's what they say that's 50th anniversary broadcast. We are so old. Uh, but yeah, dim witted aliens land in Big Bean, Illinois, and K- mild chaos ensues. I looked really hard for an act- actor or actress I, I could recognize. And again, it is only Lex from Jurassic Park. And I just remember I, I had it in my notes. Remember, I posed, posited a while ago. I think it was about a community's Halloween episode that, like, I don't know when. All, all Halloween on film and TV shows up until, like, I feel like very recently, people were dressed as generic hobos and clowns mm-hmm. and just slut. Mm-hmm. And then recently, like, it's in the last 10 years, it's been like, I am Superman. I am the Joker. I am, I am, I am, I am Mark Hamill. But, but, like, Lex is a tomboy, and she is dressed as a xenomorph in 1990, and that makes me very, very happy because I like Jurassic Park a lot, and I like aliens, aliens a lot, and I really don't like this movie, and I was looking desperately for something to latch on to, but she's dressed like a fucking xenomorph the whole time. It is, it is, there's something disgusting and putrid about this movie because it, it, it's so clear a lot of work went into it, but it, it feels like it got lost somewhere, and I was trying my best to find interviews with the people involved, and I just fucking couldn't but i'll i'll let it go spaced invaders if you're like me you know hmm. spaced invaders reminds me of a movie we talked about not long ago killer clowns from outer space right mm. where it's it, like eff- effort was put into the practical effects side of this mm-hmm. why didn't anyone fix your script yeah. why why yeah. was this what you filmed I, and i think that's exactly what i thought about Where like you know if these aliens actually used all they have a ton of weaponry and technology but they don't do they don't they can't kill anybody because it's a kids movie so if they i think if it was an exploitation movie it would be a lot more fun it would limit its audience and i'm sure they were going for a family audience but man yeah i would i would love to see some and i have something in my brain that's sort of like that uh i like that a lot anyway call me netflix you've greenlit everything else uh, <laughs> also out this week carrie lowell Dweer Brown, Jean, Jenny Seagrove in The Guardian. I saw something today, Bill. It's Camille. She's some kind of monster. She cooks, she claims she takes care of the baby. What else does she do? She rides dick, apparently, according to the visual in this trailer. <laughs> the Guardian. Oh boy. 
Yeah. So the Guardian is a thriller directed by William Friedkin. They make a big deal about how this is his return to horror after The Exorcist. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about you know a nanny that like kidnaps children. Um, but she's not just like your average hand that rocks the cradle crazy nanny. She's a Greek mythological tree monster. Oh goodness! Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, and of course, if you've got like a tree coming to life and attacking people, the first director you call is Sam Raimi, and he <laughs> was attached for a while, but then he left. And I don't know how they got Friedkin. And apparently, they were doing rewrites all the time. And the tree monster part came and went, and then came back, and did all kinds of crazy shit. And there's like supposed to be some pretty neat effects, especially the makeup. But uh, oh. This is not well received. Like, <laughs> l- like any horror movie, like I'm sure it has its fans. Right. Uh, Roger Ebert specifically put it on his most hated films of the year list. Oh, he was, he was he eviscerated Space Invaders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so you know. Oh, of course he did. I... Uh, yeah, it just sounds like it was a mess. How did they? they how did they tried get... to cram too much into this movie, and it just yeah, woman is a tree monster. How sure. the okay. fuck did they get Friedkin to do this? He was, uh, I, 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 you know what? I was thinking Sorcerer was an '80s movie. He cruising yeah. into to, to live and die in LA is one of my favorite movies ever. But that yeah, was fucking good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He, he did. He did tons but it, of great. It didn't get its after. respect at the time. Yeah. Uh, good lord, William Friedkin. I think there's a documentary out about him. I really want to watch because he is a fascinating person. Oh, and mm. I, just a light plug. I was telling Sarah yesterday. Uh, Cursed Films, the Shutter show that's mm-hmm. all about the cursed films that maybe killed people or ruined careers or haunted people for the rest Ooh. of their lives on Shutter. Fucking neat. First episode is The Exorcist, talking about William Friedkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this movie has a title that's ahead of its time. Tom Bell, Billy Whitelaw, Gary Kemp, Martin Kemp, in uh, the craze. <laughs> I don't know if that's not supposed to be pronounced. Yes. How else would you say? Ronnie Cray. Reggie Cray, identical twins who rose from poverty to power. People are afraid he can just do anything. Glamour is fear. From obscurity to fame. You know the Beatles? I believe they know us. From the back streets to the attention of the world. Who the fuck are the Crays? Well, first of all, it's spelled K-R-A-Y. You are looking for this movie. And there's two of them, mm-hmm. so cray cray. Cray cray. Mm-hmm. I apologize. So the Crays uh, are real people. They mm-hmm. were twin brothers who were vicious gangsters in the East End of London through the 50s and the 60s. And uh, this is their story starring the uh, the Kemp brothers, who you might not realize you know, they are also known as Spandau Ballet. The what? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I know this much is That's my favorite my favorite note they hit in the middle of that song. True <laughs> True, True. He, it sounds like he starts crying after the third chorus. It's great. Uh, True uh, Yeah, that's the shit. mark of all good new wave. Yeah. Uh, crying. That's crying. incredible. Yeah, so yeah, so that's already like this is a crazy ass story. This is re- this is releasing a- in the wrong decade. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i mean it's it's a good movie about yeah these these two guys are really vicious and have a lot of problems uh and they their mom is a big part of it their mom is one of those like super doting my boys can do no wrong kind of moms that's like 
she's a little too doting. And she's played by, speaking of evil nannies, Billy Whitelaw, who's the evil nanny in The Omen. Wow. Woo! Also an episode in Cursed Films. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Also something that we talk about a lot in a Laser Time recently. Right. Yep. Uh, One of my favorite yeah. movies. But I really oh, do, yeah. bonus timers, I want to hear some shitty swag you got and hung around your room for far too long. <laughs> yeah. Happened to me. But the craze, so there is a lot made about the craze because when I was trying to find this movie, I could not find this particular movie um, when I was searching through my Roku search function. But there is there are a lot of TV movies and other movies made during other years about the craze. So yeah. wow. if it is something that you're interested in learning about, there's a lot out there, apparently. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But is, there's a part of me that makes feel I feel like I could beat up every London gangster. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the Peaky Blinders? I have not. But I've seen Snatch, mm-hmm. and I know I punch like Brad Pitt. I just haven't been in a fight in two decades. And mm-hmm. so, <laughs> Yeah, no. The craze, they were pretty fucking vicious. My introduction to them uh, before I saw this movie is an extended Monty Python sketch about the Piranha Brothers, really? who, when they get mad at you, they nail your head to the floor. And one of them has gone insane and thinks that he's being followed by a giant hedgehog named uh, Spiny Norman. And I just thought that was a funny, random yeah. ass thing. And then I watched this movie and started reading about him like, oh, my God, Monty mm-hmm. Python was not actually making it weirder than is true. It really did. They did do shit like that. They would nail people's hands to shit. I love it when you watch a your first introduction to a real thing is like a parody or a sketch that yeah. is parodying that thing. And then you realize, oh, my God, this is a real thing. We just had that conversation about Jesus Christ Superstar and Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and- yeah. No, the craze is. Yeah, that's us. That's a mm-hmm. solid British gangster story just in general. But it's a well done movie. And uh, the final movie we have this week, and I'm not, I don't want to say this because I'm always wrong about everything. Did I think, did we talk about this before? Uh, Luis Guzman, Armando Sante, uh, Timothy Hutton, and Nick Nolte on in Q&A. Give me a Q&A on this. There's no statute of limitations on murder. I'm going to bury your boy, Brennan, but legally, I got my proof. So I break a couple of heads. I mean, you lose control of this jungle, you're finished. He gets rough sometimes. If you take shortcuts, they've never heard us in court. Just suppose Bennett comes up wrong. Judge is the Jew lawyer, so the Guinea DAs are making it in. Oh, the Guinea DAs? Come on. Nick. Nick. Yes. Uh, Q&A. I've never heard of this. Sidney LeMay movie. Diana. Yeah, it's a, it's a Sidney oh. Lumet joint, which means it's going to be like dirty New York dirtiness and lots of sweating and screaming and trying to get at the truth and being betrayed a lot and stuff. Yeah, crime stuff. It's a pretty good one. Mm. Um, it's kind of forgotten on his filmography just because there's like Dog Day Afternoon and Network on there and they mm. kind of overshadow stuff. But uh, it's pretty good as mostly because Nick Nolte plays a super corrupt cop. And he fucking goes for it. He does some things that are shocking. I mean, they were shocking as shit in 1990. And they're still pretty shocking where it's like, huh, he beats up a trans sex worker, but also uh, is trading sex for drugs and information with her. Hmm. Oh, I had a boy. I don't know, actually, if you'd even call her a trans woman. She might just be gay. It's, uh, yeah, not something that you really expect 
in a movie with like a fancy leading man kind of guy. Sounds like and, quite a spiral. I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say racist cop. I'm like, have you seen 48 oh, hours? Have you seen 48 hours recently? Like he just calls Eddie Murphy the N word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's yeah. Take, take that character from 48 hours and make him like, I don't know, a drug addict. Make so with bad, it up. bad Lieutenant port of call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Like he is really like, Oh shit, man. You do not care about how, this affects your career and how unlikable you look because like, I'm not going to forget what you are doing. You're doing terrible things. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte is one of the weirdest leading men. And you're right. The very few times he like gets to play the big bad, like if like he, he has a sinister presence to him. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Nolte is kind of a, a sad story to me just because the things that I've seen him in, I've always liked him. And I think he's a very interesting actor and obviously whatever demons he has have obviously gotten the best of him because uh, he could still be out there doing it, like making really interesting stuff. Cause I feel like he has, he did when he was at the peak of his powers. He's doing ADR and Mandalorian. I have spoken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty good. He was awesome. And he was supposed yeah. to be Han Solo. So it was like a coming home tour. Like you finally got it, Nick. Good for you. Wow. Uh, you auditioned. I don't know if you're supposed to be. Uh, yeah. I, I personally, I am way more a fan of craggy older Nick Nolte yeah, than fine. like rich man, poor man, young Nick Nolte. Yeah. Mm. Same yeah. here. What about Prince of like, Nick Nolte? Mm. He's okay. I'll go like affliction Nick Nolte. I like yeah, his voice go. drops six octaves down because yeah. of booze and cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have yeah. voices like that in media anymore, and I miss them. Uh, yeah, we don't. People when they're 60, they still like look good instead of looking like your grandpa. Yeah. Uh, can we move on to television? Anyway. Just got a yeah, big yes, sir. But yeah, Q&A is kind of like a light recommend if you like uh, legal crime thrillers. Um, <laughs> it, moving on to television, 1990, April 24th through the 30th. Ooh, a massive episode of The Simpsons. Krusty gets busted. Ooh. And having gone over all these with a fine-tooth comb... During my tenure with Talking Simpsons, like there, there, this is the second to last episode of the first season, but the mm-hmm. last episode was supposed to be the first, and it is the roughest because it needed the most attention to save it. Mm. And the and if you're watching them in order with a with a critical eye, the differences are night and day. And something about this episode, they really find their legs because like there's a lot of the tone and funny like uh, the 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 signature simpsons sauce missing from the first season you can feel them getting there but this is them finally getting there with crusty gets busted going all in on like char- like side characters we barely know crusty the clown being uh, uh accused of robbing the quickie martin going to jail and bart and lisa have to get to the bottom of it and as a result we are introduced to uh judge snyder yeah that, judge <laughs> snyder and Ke- and ken brockman favorite. ken brockman but the Absolute biggest one is none other than Kelsey Grammer doing his first performance as Sideshow Bob. His first wow. of, I believe, according to my count as of this recording, 22 episodes, including video games and the ride at Universal Studios. He is the big bad in that. Kelsey Grammer as Sideshow Bob. This is a little bit from the ending. Out of that studio. Yes, I admit it. I hated him. His hackneyed shenanigans robbed me of my dignity for years. I played the buffoon while he squandered a fortune on his vulgar appetites. That's why I framed Krusty. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it went for these meddling kids. Take him away, boys. Three kids as equal. 
goddamn people too. <laughs> I love this. So Sideshow Bob had appeared in the background silently, but to give him the voice of Kelsey Grammer is a stroke of brilliance. Like I think it was supposed to be James Earl Jones, uh, but but Cheer, <laughs> Cheers was very popular at this point. Yeah, it's so strange to me. I feel like they have to have maybe offered him just a undeniable amount of money, basically, because Kelsey Grammer does just not strike me as the type of person who has a very good sense of humor, I don't, a very good sense of humor about himself. And uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, a, I don't know. I believe some of the writers had worked on Cheers, so they kind of they knew one another. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. and and one of my favorite things in existence is it was from like five years ago, but Kelsey Grammer showed up to a Halloween party dressed as Sideshow Bob in full <laughs> yellow face with the wig. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, Google it. It's amazing. Like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, then no, about I, I know what Grammer. you're saying because, uh, you know, we know he's one of those recovering addict Republicans. So he's, he's right. clearly no fun mm. on a, at a party. They generally do not have great senses of humor um, <laughs> about mm. themselves or anything else. But, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, this is my favorite guest character of all time. Voice acting. Yeah. Really good choice. And then the Simpsons, I think more so in the first season than ever did a lot of changing Canon forever. But like, uh, this is a big one, like introducing sideshow Bob as an adversary, and to a much lesser extent, introducing Sideshow Mel as Krusty the Clown's new sidekick. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, like it's he is a wonderful foil for the kids, and, mm-hmm, and yeah. I, I look forward to every appearance of Sideshow Bob. Well, and and I love here that he's such a good foil to Krusty because Krusty mm-hmm. is so he's just so despicable yeah. and broken down and stupid. He's really really stupid. He's always mm-hmm. been stupid. And sticky, and he keeps being stupid. And that sideshow Bob is obviously very erudite and educated, <laughs> and hates being second banana to this guy. And just I, as as a grammar nerd, when he comes out and asks the audience, "Children, whom do you love?" <laughs> it makes me. I think about that every time I'm trying to think of wait, who, whom, who, whom, mm. whom? Do you, oh yeah, no, whom? Okay. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. So. What season was the Cape Fear episode? Uh, Simpsons three, I think. I think that's like uh, three episodes from now. He's, he's he's in the show about once a season. Okay, uh, a, for a while. Like I, my parents watched The Simpsons. I was a little too young to get it, but I. It's one of those things that is indelible in my baby brain from like just being around my parents, like hanging out with them on the couch while they're watching their adult TV shows. And I remember the Cape Fear. I mean, as you, as you just said, uh, Cape Fear season five. Season five, okay. my bad. I, uh, as as you said before, a parody I did not recognize, but I right. love every second of that episode. Yeah. And man, this is a great episode, and it was rewarded by being Fox's highest rated show that week, which didn't always happen to The Simpsons, even wow. even with its meteoric rise. And Matt Groening himself considers this to be in his top ten episodes. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's got to count for something. Um, more on the Simpsons in the next segment. On to the NBC Sunday Night Movie, Fall from Grace. <laughs> the story. This is crazy. Oh. I want to see this so bad. Me too. It's Fall from Grace, the story of Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker. Um, if I were to, po- I mean, you guys obviously we can't guess because we're all looking at the same information, but I want the listening audience to think in their mind who might they have casted for Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker? Just take a second and think to yourself. Who would be great casting for that? You're way off, whatever it is. <laughs> Guess what? You're wrong because it's Kevin Spacey and Bernadette Peters. Wow. <laughs> Bernadette Peters. Oh, my God. 
Yes. One of the most luminous, beautiful women of all time. Wow. Fall from grace. These people were awful and scammed an entire country. And then it just went and did the same shit again. They all got television shows again. And yeah, continue yeah. to do. They well, didn't Jim, fall from grace. Jim hasn't stopped. He's doing yeah. it right now. Tammy Faye is dead. Turned out, Tammy Faye. I think she's the one who believed what she was doing, and she mm-hmm. turned pretty cool after yes. Jim went away. Mm-hmm. Because uh, their son was like a huge influence. It, their son like grew up in the church and then kind of rejected that. And then Tammy kind of brought Tammy with him, I think, out of the church. And and I think, oh God, I may be speaking out of school, but I believe like their son is gay and like you know, had to go on his own journey with this. And now Tammy Faye is like a big supporter of the community. Tammy Faye, like right right after this hosted a talk show with, what was it? Jim J. Bullock. It was like gay as hell. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. No, Tammy Faye is the one. She really like loves Jesus and wants Jesus to be a positive thing in everyone's life and believes in love and bringing people together. And Jim wants money. And has figured that's a really good way to get I'm money I'm going to build out. a Bible what? adventure park, and money. I'm going to scam Chris's grandma out of $1,000, even though she's living off Social Security. Yeah, I didn't forget, Mr. Baker. If I ever see he him, wants money and secretaries, don't forget. <laughs> right. Secretaries to pray upon. Mm. Yeah. So, um, oh, I I want to find this. I need to watch some it's of this. this. all on YouTube. This hits all the buttons for me. Yeah. It's all on YouTube. And uh, the only reason I'm like looking at the Wikipedia for it and I realized probably one of the big reasons that they picked Bernadette Peters is because she does some singing in this. She does some gospel singing. This is a real good cry. Maybe that makes sense. Uh, look, it's it's two kids misbehaving or get the fuck out. Like, I don't want to hear any other. <laughs> True. <laughs> the best gospel song of all time. Uh, I agree. And then I don't know that we talked about this show that much, but I'm just going to play the intro to the TV show just to tell you that the show is dead. This is me, Nicole Bradford. Cute, huh? This is my dad. And this is my dad. How'd I get two dads? They inherited me. Congratulations. <laughs> I always forget what the premise of my two dads is. And oh well, I'll remind you. It's it is a young woman who is growing up with two men raising her because they can't figure out who's her real dad after her mom dies. And her mom doesn't know either, so she willed it to the two people who are filling her full of cum. <laughs> to two men. So All right, that's a way they, to put it. I'm just saying, it's like it's 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 kind of a scandalous premise for an 80s sitcom. It truly is. It's and, kind of wild mm. if you think about it. I, that's, I, that is probably the first time I've said "come" on the show. I want to point that out. I've used a lot it's of uh, not even fucking no? close. <laughs> All right, I'll check the wiki. I'm the one up to only one updating the wiki. Uh, but my two dads closes out with uh, Joey going to San Francisco to find rekindle a long lost love with Lauren Holly. It doesn't fucking matter. It just, but what I did, I fell down a tiny rabbit hole because I mentioned last week how like wings really bothered me. And, (laughs) (laughs) and it just, and it was because it was played endlessly on USA, but it's also at a time when cable is starved for exclusive content. And my two dads, it went for three seasons, 60 episodes. It had a record breaking syndication deal with USA. And that's, that's, I shouldn't have seen this show, but I did because USA played it endlessly uh, because they were so desperate. For, they they would take these weird gambles on not the most successful show. And, oh, is this has this not made it to 100 episodes? We don't care. We'll take the two seasons of it, and we'll rerun them to death. That, that USA broke that record with Major Dad. Again, another who-gives-a-shit sitcom. So I was just <laughs> looking into it, like, uh, 
normally when sitcoms go into syndication, they're sold to individual markets. Like you can get one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars if you're selling the Los Angeles market. You can get twenty thousand dollars an episode if you're in Omaha. Uh, going to USA meant that, like, no, you get to go to one place, so it commanded a giant fee. So USA <laughs> specialized in getting like C minus tier sitcoms and running the <laughs> shit out of them. Uh, and so I just wanted to point that out because that's where I saw all of Wings and my two dads. But I mean, this is also probably where most of America was introduced to the gift that is Paul Reiser. So yeah, true, alien. That is well, well alien. alien diner. But I mean, as far as a bona fide TV star, right? This right. is which, by the really way, where we got guy him. I really like. I think he's fucking fantastic. I think he's I love Paul Reiser. Funny in small doses and an amazing comedic actor. <laughs> he's and. Yep. A lot of people forget that he was a stand-up before mm-hmm. everything, and um, his appearances on podcasts that I listen to, especially Never Not Fighting with Jimmy Pardo, um, it, he's just great. He's hilarious, and just I, I'm a big fan and of And he's Reiser. fucking and he's great fantastic. in Aliens. And let me give you yeah. a recommend. He's fantastic in Red Oaks. If you have not oh. seen Red Oaks, this is a great mm-hmm. quarantine watch, actually. Red Oaks was a Amazon original, I believe. I watched it on Amazon for sure, and it, it is. is set in the 80s, and it's about the trials and tribulations of a young man who's working at a very fancy country club, and it Paul Reiser it has a major role in it, and it is fantastic. Huh. And, that, that, and yeah. just so you don't know, they never find out who the real dad is. Right. And, uh, and they, they get in a, my two dads, they get it. I, in a, another episode, it's not even the finale. They find a test and the fucking Nicole, the daughter destroys it. I don't want to know. I want to love both of you. Uh, no. oh, they all say, meanwhile, I would be heading for the hills. Sweet. No alimony. Uh, but, uh, my two dads, uh, takes a bow this week. No games to speak of, but I will dig up some more obscure ones for the Patreon show. Patreon.com slash later time where, uh, video game apocalypse, is uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, and Maddie Allen go through the games that are having 30, 20, and 10 anniversaries. But music of 1990, April 24th through the 30th, uh, we got, ooh, Goodbye Jumbo by World Party. I, at this point, you could just be putting in random words, and I have to trust you. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea what that is. Closer to the Flame by Dave Edmonds, and Everybody Knows by Sonia. Is this real? This is not April Fool's? These are all real things? No, these, these are real. Uh, I mean... The last couple weeks, there's been at least one or two like big ones every week, and I guess we just we got an off week. It's just, I mean, world. I believe World Party at least had a song on the Clueless soundtrack, and maybe that's why I know them. Mm-hmm. That's that did. could be. I know they had one one decent single off of this that I definitely recognize right away. So we can go out with that with uh, Way Down Now. All right, off a of Goodbye Jimbo. Well, let's close out 1990 with uh, Way Down Now with World Party. When we get back, people, ooh, it's the 2000s. Please don't go anywhere. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. 1990, the real game you guys all want to talk about. 
Pat Riley basketball. Actually, I do want to <laughs> talk about this game. Pat Riley was the coach to end all coaches. Like he was my favorite coach ever. He was the guy with the slick back hair. He was, if there was a man who could epitomize someone who's lived both in Los Angeles and Miami, <laughs> Pat Riley is that man. Uh, but yeah, he's the Lakers coach. I think it was Sega trying, trying to pull a bit of a Madden. They couldn't afford to get players to license stuff so much. But we could but, but afford it's, a coach. Than Madden guy. Yeah, they got yeah. Tommy Lasorda, then to Pat Riley, and then way later on, Joe Montana. One of the things I love about that, if you there was that great screenshot of a Japanese ba- a baseball game with all of the, all the characters' names in it, <laughs> like uh, Bobson Dugnut. Bobson <laughs> Dugnut. So this does not have any NBA license of any kind. And no, that's Sleeve yeah. McDykel. That was another one. Yeah, and it also so, came it came out in Japan. So there are. The L.A. Hoops is what you would have known. That's the best part. The L.A. Hoops is who I always chose. Or the The L.A. LA Rainbows in in the Japanese version. There's also the uh, Seattle Bears, the Boston Bug, the Denver Rocks, (laughs) and who could forget the Houston Legs. (laughs) (laughs) The Houston Houston Legs. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Lasertime crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Lasertime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Chris, you got your COVID-19 test, and you passed? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yes, I passed. By getting it. Um, but I, they probably didn't tell you you had it from an automated phone call. No, I was talking to real people the whole time. Right. So my lady friend uh, who works in, uh, I'll say, barbarism, hairdressing, uh, she she has she has taken to making house calls outdoors in a sanitized situation. The guy she talked to showed her this automated message. Have you ever been given one of those spam calls? The police and the IRS are aware of your misdoings and like it's a robot, right? Yes. You've had one of those. Oh, yeah. So he said, like, listen to this fucking phone call I got. I can't And it sounds just like that. An individual who has tested positive for COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus, has identified you as a close contact. It is imperative that you promptly take the following actions to protect your health and the health of others. Please self-isolate immediately in your home. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a text-to-speech program, but I get a, I get a ton of these. And this one sounds just as fake as that, but it's still like, that has to be the scariest... 15 seconds oh. and then and then of course like the dude's like freaking out who the fuck could this have been i can imagine this is an automated test and they just added in my number because they didn't want to go through the personal shame of telling me i should continue to listen you are especially at risk because you have a tiny wiener it is so small and therefore you will become much thicker than an individual who had all let's say even an average sized or slightly below average sized weenie because your weenie is so <laughs> tiny the cdc is reporting nearly a 100 percent death rate for people like you who have small wieners this is especially troublesome for you because your weenie is the smallest weenie in the whole world. <laughs> so this is real because this dude still doesn't know who sent this to him. 
Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Suffocation, no breathing. We don't give a fuck if we're podcasting or breathing. Uh, Papa Roach. Uh, Man, that's the most relevant song in my life right now. Papa Roach's last resort off of Infest is out uh, this week, I'm guessing. You know what? Hmm. Cut all of our life into pieces. Yeah, do it. Do it. Mm. (laughs) I kind of like this song, actually. (laughs) No, I can't can't fucking stand it. And it's even stupider when the guy comes in with no backing music, because it sounds like... He sounds really derpy. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Uh, but I'm okay Whenever with... Whenever I think of this song, I just think of the Richard Cheese cover version. Just mm. like the cool lounge version. Suffocation. No breathing. No breathing. <laughs> this is my last resort. No, wait. This is my last resort. Hey. You got to hear his cover of Slipknot's People, People Equal Shit. Uh, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Uh... Welcome to 2000, everyone. April 23rd to the 30th. We're talking about music at the top right here with uh, Fear Flying by Maya's out this week, as is The Heat by Tony Braxton. Man, I don't know if she would ever be as big as... Was, was the album called Breathe? Or no, that was Breathe Again. But Tony, that Tony Braxton album, that, that was like that was in the top like the top ten for like three years. Could not, yeah. not hear Unbreak My Heart yeah. every oh. day of the year. It's also... That about 96, 97, every fucking day! That and you're making me high are two. Oh yeah, both so good. No one, no one would break again. Break this again. Uh, but we have promotional copy by Reggie and Reggie in the full effect. Reliant K self titled debut. Silver and gold by Neil Young. Uh, Skull and bones by Cypress Hill, who will make an appearance later in the show. Uh, and thug walking by the Yang Yang Twins. Um, welcome to 2000 once again. Maria Maria by Santana is still number one, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. You know, everyone complains about smooth, but Maria Maria has been in the top. It's been the top song about as long now. I think Maria Maria is worse. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's nothing like the ocean under the moon. Uh, okay, in the movies of 2000, U571 is still number fun at the box office. Yeah, I can't stop with the puns. Um, movies out this week. This is an interesting one. I say not necessarily mm-hmm. as a compliment. Holly Hunter, yep, Kyle McLaughlin, Susie Nagamura, Stellan Skarsgård, Selma Hayek mm. in Time Code. Technology has arrived. Digital video has arrived. For the first time, a film shot in real time. It's time to move forward. It's difficult to show a trailer for, but time code. Yeah. Pay attention to the time code because you are watching four lo-fi cameras mm-hmm. at the same time and watching these events unfold in real time with a couple of fakies interwoven together with a huge cast because mm-hmm. it's Steven Soderbergh and like I don't love this movie, but like what a fascinating thing to do. This this isn't Steven Soderbergh. Oh, it's not. Who is it? Yeah. No, this is Mike Figgis. Oh, my yeah. God. Who did Leaving Las Vegas. My Soderbergh, God. what is the one that Soderbergh did? It is a similar idea. Uh, or no, he did something with a similar name. 
It's going to bug I me. I'm gonna bet it, it but... was executed better. No, like no, like <laughs> these are these are like it's it's oh good job you did that, but like you could never watch this again. Oh, it's, so yeah. Sammy and I watched it for the first time this weekend, mm-hmm. and yeah, it is. It was one of those movies that weirdly okay. So the screen is quad sected into like four. Mm-hmm different um squares it's like you're and playing four player mario kart on the nintendo 64 yes precisely yeah. i have no idea what you're or talking about, if but you're you're on a zoom call again yes also that and so <laughs> we watch this while still also looking at our phones mm-hmm. so it is an interesting <laughs> concept uh but it is not ugh. i think it asks too much of the viewer for too little and yes. that's that's why yeah. it's not something. It, it is nobody's fucking go to comfort watch time code. But it I, it was interesting, and I was really excited about it just because like it just kind of feels like a student experimental film. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's mm-hmm. but it's it's done successfully. But like you know, it's not very satisfying. Yeah. But it's like well, the, most of the dialogue is improvised, mm-hmm. um, and, and they had yeah, to. The, the comings and goings are, are timed out, and they did I think sixteen takes before they yes. they got out because all fil- our, all four are filming simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It's all happening at the same time. So, um, did you really which, direct this, Mister? That's yeah. Just again, kidding. it's very difficult, and they're pretty much pointing out, yeah, because of digital film, we can do this. Film cameras, you run out of film. Mm-hmm. You got about ten minutes per reel. That's about how and, it goes. They are like they are like first year digital cameras. They it, it does not look great. And it, it's it's very very handheld and lofi, but I'm not enough. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on it. It's a great experiment. I, I this is the guy who concept. who championed Boyhood for a film of the decade, so I can't shit on Time Code. Um, <laughs> oh, we can all shit on this next movie though. Holy yes, lord! We will. Um, holy shit! Uh, so who do we have? The Flintstone, the Flintstones prequel, <laughs> Viva Rock Vegas, starring as Fred Flintstone, Robert Baratheon. Uh, <laughs> McManus as Barney Rubble, the the girl alien from Third Rock from the Sun, the rural juror as Betty Rubble, or whatever her <laughs> fucking maiden name was. Uh, Alan Cumming as the Great Gazoo. Wow, this Greg from Darman Greg. Yeah, I don't know him mm-hmm. very well. And the, the Joan Collins replacing Liz Taylor as what was Wilma Wilma Spoon Spoogle? What was the Spoon- last name? Spoonoggle. Talking to Diana here. You made the riff. Rock and the final fucking live action role of Harvey Korn. Who was in the movie basically because he was the great gazoo on the show, which by the way they added they added when the show was on its last legs and jumping the shark, and they put it in the second movie. Viva Rock Vegas, everyone. The Flintstones! The Flintstones are back in a brand new motion picture. Barney, tonight we shower. And, and like, I don't know. I, I I love that they have to tell you it's in theaters because it looks like it shouldn't be. Man, I was I was looking into that. John Goodman is very nice, but he's very adamant. Like, I I didn't want to do this movie, and Rick Moranis had retired, and John Goodman said no. So it's like, well, we can't make a sequel. We got to do something else and the way john goodman described it he said he was the first day of table read for steven spielberg's always and steven spielberg walked in and said ladies and gentlemen 
I found my Fred Flintstone because Steven Spielberg's the producer. And he's like, that motherfucker sandbagged me. What am I supposed to say? My first day in a Spielberg fan? Like, no, Mr. Spielberg, I will not be in your movie. Uh, and, and so, like, John Goodman hated being in this movie. I still find the first movie fascinating to look at. And that's one of the things this movie lacks. It looks... The grandeur is just has gone to like be, looks like it's being shot in someone's backyard rather than these elaborate sets with touches of dinosaur CG. It and and also it's like a feat. No, there's no place to take these characters with this story. No one gives a, and no one gives a fuck how Wilma and Fred met for fuck's sake. Yeah. And, and and so there was no reason to make another one of these. You can't mm-hmm. imp- you can't trick people like that twice. I'm 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 trying my best to not shit on the Flintstones, even though I was fucking force-fed boomer nostalgia as if it was my own my entire life and i'm sick of it i don't want to eat another flintstone vitamins i have a bag of cocoa pebbles upstairs it doesn't did it even sense. have a mcdonald's tie-in it did not it did yeah. not no, you mean rock donald's rock <sighs> donald's yeah well if you're interested in watching it it is on hbo just fyi <laughs> no i am not interested in watching it again uh, nope i'm not doing it uh, i refused <laughs> I refuse then. I continue to refuse. I don't care. No, it's, it's, I didn't like it was animated, and when it's animated, it could do literally anything. I, I have, I do have a soft spot for the live-action film. Um, again, one of the yep. movies I regrettably stole from a mom-and-pop video store. Uh, the original Flintstones movie might have the most credited screenwriters in history. <laughs> because I think it has, like, eight, which is, I think, the maximum you can have based on the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. You can't just just a story by and a screenplay like eight people on the screenplay and another I don't know thirty actually took stabs at it. Wow, unbelievable! Yeah. But yes, I uh, I have to, to rail to against the Flintstones. That we still I have to imagine Thomas Lennon was involved with Punch Up on this. Ooh, it's entirely probably. possible. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and yeah. The less said about this, the better. It's just like I can't believe how like much cheaper this looks. This was a massive bomb, and I think in a way sort of doom the Flintstones forever. I think we had to point Good. that out on, on this show. Like the, the Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble haven't been the star of a show since 1986. Yet you can still see commercials for their cereal and vitamins. It's very strange. And I don't understand why that image is so prevalent. Like I think the products just became bigger than the show. I, I, I say it all the time. If you watch like an on-demand adult swim show, there's a commercial for Pebbles. There is less than a second of Fred and Barney. It's just like kids making shit in a song that just says "Yabba Dabba Do" over and over again. It's like completely disconnected from the Flintstones. And but yeah, fuck the Flintstones. Everything but that comic, <laughs> which is great. The, I was just thinking about the detail. You know that that loyal order of the, the Buffalo, whatever they're in, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. comic that is a trauma group for traumatized war veterans. Uh, they they slaughtered all the tree people and took their land and feel massive amounts of remorse and guilt and trauma and go to a group every week. That's what they. D- the Flintstones comic oh is God. amazing. Wow. They meet. They they they. Uh, uh, everyone is opposed to marriage in that universe. Uh, Fred and Barney. Fred and Wilma's best friend is are Adam and Steve. And nice. <laughs> uh, it's it's so excellent that comic. Uh, really really good. Only only twelve That's issues. So- Check it out. Um, but maybe check out where the heart is. I'm not watching anything yeah. with Ashley Judd, not even for this yeah. show. Joan Cusack, Stocker Channing, and Natalie Protman in Where the Heart Is. 
right, let's go. Come on, come on. Novoli Nation thought they were leaving home for a better life. Oh, what the hell's the matter with you? Walmart, I can go to the bathroom. I'm waiting right here. But she's about to discover if you're going to wind up broke and abandoned. There are worse places to stay than this. Stuck in a Walmart. I, I've, I yeah. forgot all about she's, this. She's hiding in a Walmart because she's a pregnant teenager who's been abandoned by the father of her kid. And mm-hmm. yeah, she just sort of lives secretly in the Walmart for a while. And then she has her baby there. And then um, sassy characters of various Southern persuasions <laughs> show up. It's and pun- everybody talks real thick like. It's Punky Brewster yep. meets the Terminal. It's fantastic. So from what I remember of this movie, it is a much more uplifting version of the novel, which I did read. Um, yeah. Where the Heart Is is started out is an adaptation of the novel Where the Heart Is uh, by Billy Letts. It was Oprah's book club book that I read. We know. Um, no. What? <laughs> I'm sorry? Nothing. Go keep going. Uh, that I read uh, in the early aughts. And the book is very good. And it's more of an explana- exploration of um, – you know, the issues that low income people have to go through in the United States and also dealing with the foster system, too, which comes into play. Um, and I found the book. I loved the book. I thought it was really good. Uh, I The movie is a much more, I think, lighthearted adaptation of that. Um, mm-hmm. Before I can recommend the book, though, I do have to say there is a trigger warning for child sexual abuse in the book. So oh, just FYI. Hey. Uh, I don't want to recommend anything without letting people know what they may be in for. But um, but the book is very good. The movie, less so. Is, is a Walmart specifically in the book? Yes. So I was wondering if Walmart paid any money here because the store looks a <laughs> no, little no, no. too Walmart nice. The Walmart is part of the story, for I sure. know, but the store looks a little too nice in the movie. It is, no. it, it is way yeah, less disarray. Uh, and I had to – I, I want to watch something with Natalie Portman in because we just put up on Patreon.com slash Later Time – uh, Attack of the Clones, and I thought for oh, two and boy. a half hours I hated Natalie Portman. She's mm. the worst actress I've ever seen. It turns out, no, George Lucas is just a terrible screenwriter. Well, <laughs> if you want a great pairing with this movie or and or the book, I would recommend going and watching Superstore. It is a great uh, quarantine watch, and it is a fantastic situation comedy that is on air now. I have not seen it, but I love Mark McKinney, so I'll, I'll watch it. And he is fantastic in it. I think you would love it. Mm. Okay, where the heart is. Now for the movie. Oh, let's get the boys crying here. Bring out those Field of Dreams <laughs> hankies. This is the Field of Dreams for yeah. another generation, our generation, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is time to shed a tear for dear old dad. As when Sean Doyle, Noah Emmerich, Elizabeth Mitchell, Andre Brower, Jesus himself, Jim Caviezel, and uh, sub-Jesus, Dennis Quaid, appear in the movie Frequency. W-Q-Y-V. This is Frank Sullivan. <clears throat> Hello? What'd you say your name was? Frank. Frank Sullivan. This is some kind of joke. That will allow John Sullivan to talk to his father. What do you say we tame this Bronco, huh? You and me. Spared guts. Who's been dead for 30 years. How could it be? I don't know. But we gotta be talking off the mother-son spot of all time. Is it, I, I, I like... I don't hate this movie. I have a love hate yeah. in this movie. A love-hate with this. Yeah, I mean, it's got some... Hey, hey. There is a lot of goofiness going on. uh, Hot topical take, it's better than fucking Onward, which is (laughs) 
striving oh, the whole movie to do no, the same fucking thing. That's fair. And, but, yes, all your we talked about this privately off air, but yes, all your criticisms of Onward are definitely true because yeah. I watched that recently. Don't hate it, but disappointed <laughs> by uh, it. Uh, wow, it's wow. a DreamWorks movie. Yeah, um, DreamWorks movie from Pixar. Never thought mm-hmm. I'd see the day. Uh, but but it's about a father and son who can communicate across time through the radio, and fa- the father is dead. I. Mm-hmm. I was getting confused. I think there's a TV show about it, or there was. Yes, there and was. The dad died in 9-11. Uh, yeah. Fireman. That's, 9-11 hasn't happened yet. But in this one, he's a police officer, correct? Right. Yeah. And they, no, they work together to... But they work, they work together to solve a crime mm-hmm. that that has been bothering the dad. Mm-hmm. But in the past. He's talking to him in the past, and Jim Caviezel's in the present. And they... they Work together to figure out uh, something about a serial killer, mm-hmm. and there's also mm-hmm. like oh, some you know. Oh, is right. this is this no, is Jim Caviezel in the present? Because I couldn't tell by his fucking 1996 Caesar haircut. <laughs> yeah. He's in the present. He is a homicide detective. His father, played by Dennis Quaid, is in the past, and he is a police or excuse me, a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And he right. dies in a fire, and then it's them kind of trying to solve the mystery of. What is probably a serial arsonist? But do you know how he died in that fire? Somebody told him to do it on a message board. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Back in the 1950s. Yep. Now I already have a drag persona, but I've been letting out there, sending out the the psychic message out there that if anyone wants to take the name Diana Fire and be queen of the trolls, oh, Oh. please drag queens everywhere. You're welcome. Yes, I'm Diana Fire. I'm not doing it justice, but uh, no, you need to be Diana Firestein and then write jokes for the Academy Diana Awards. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah, no, you're supposed to march into a room and say, "I'm Diana Fire now." Tits or GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never loved this movie, and I have been known to laugh at dudes who do. But hmm. what an interesting concept! And in, like up against all this other like high profile shit to take the week like it's interesting that this found an audience in 2000 because i'm not sure a movie like this would be allowed to do that today Uh, i don't know i think it's honestly when i say i have a love hate with this movie mm -hmm. i um i like it more than i like field of dreams let me say that as if we're talking about do dad movies um i and i think it's much more interesting and much more fun because it's a mystery it's a dad movie and it's also a mystery movie and I, I like that part of yeah, but like, feel the dreams coming is a together. Movie about James Earl Jones helping make ghosts play baseball. Like that's fucking rad. Ghosts who were <laughs> cheaters. Cheaters, yes. They weren't paid Cheating very well. Ghosts. They weren't paid very well. No what baseball else? player would do we that. We already now. we already spoke about this. Okay. But back to frequency. Yeah, I mean Sam loves frequency. We've seen it a couple times in this house. And I don't know. I really like it. I definitely cried. Uh, a lot every time I watch it. You cried at Bad Boys 3! Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) I cry a lot about at a lot of weird things. I also cry at parades. It's fine. Let's, it's cool. Let's move on. But, (laughs) 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 but yeah, I, I, the parts of it that I hate is that it does get a little bit schmaltzy and, and yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and anything that involves basically time travel is going to have a lot of butterfly effect plot holes and issues and stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's like, there's one point where it's like, Oh, I need to show you this thing's in my wallet. So the dad like pulls up a floorboard, puts his wallet under there and 
and it appears in the in the current. And it's right. like, but your life might have been affected by not having that wallet. So butterfly effect stuff, mm-hmm. and like, there's a little bit of stuff like that that mm-hmm. ends up actually coming out. But yeah, I mean, I, that's I feel like it's just you know, it's a solid like a B movie. Like it's a simple, yeah. simple, uh, you know, interesting twist on an idea and. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty watchable. But hung around. It only makes me think of that Reno 911 sketch when someone's calling 911. He's like, no, sir, that's the plot of frequency. No, that's (laughs) definitely the plot of frequency, sir. Uh, (laughs) uh, Moving the television of 2000, April 24th to the 30th. This I could not stop looking into. Uh, I did not know this existed. The Three Stooges TV movie. Look, if you want to talk shit about the Fairley Brothers Three Stooges movie, Shut up. Just say you don't like the Three Stooges. That movie is fantastic. It is everything a Three Stooges movie should be. This is not that movie. This is a movie, a biopic about uh, what, Mo Kemp? Mo Kemp? <laughs> uh, and the cast is just astounding. Um, who, who, do we, who do we have here as uh, John Castle, the Crypt Keeper, is Shemp Howard? <laughs> Uh, Michael Chiklis, the commish slash Vic oh, Mackey yes. is oh, Curly Howard. Evan Handler, uh, Larry is Larry Fine. Evan Handler, the ugly guy that Charlotte marries in Sex in the City, he's Larry. Oh, Fine. My God! And Mo Howard is what? Paul Paul Ben Victor, who you think you don't know, but you've recognized in every movie from The Wire to True Romance. He is the guy who gets shot in the movie Macaulay Culkin watches in Home Alone. All right, mm. all right, Ace. I'm sorry. A- Angels with dirty faces. Angels with filthy souls. An- oh. Angels ah. with filthy souls. Yeah, Angels with dirty faces is a real movie. Yes. that's right. I get this confused. He plays snakes. <laughs> Ace, he ain't in charge no more. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, that guy is that guy is Mo. When I showed when I sh- I was listening to that, and my my girlfriend was like, "Are you watching Three Stooges?" I'm like, "No, I'm watching the guy who played Mo Howard in the Three Stooges." Here's the promo. What do we call him now, huh? Hey, nice, Curly. That's good. That is really good. Hey, Mo! Hey, Mo! Hey, Mo! Kiss me! At ABC Original, The Three Stooges. That, that's not, that is not exactly what I wanted to play, but it is the promo. And I consider... Dude, I had to endure a lot of Three Stooges as a kid. I won't say. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like even today, if you're up past four a.m., I'm I surprise. It is on three channels. Uh, the Three Stooges. There is still a lot of fun to be had with the Three Stooges, especially like you like cartoons. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things this movie does, and I encourage you, if you give a shit to look it up, they recreate entire sequences from a dozen of the shorts, and like doing their best shot for shot recreations. And dude, Jeez. Michael Chiklis, holy shit! I did not know that guy had a good. He's great. Curling, He's man. great in everything. Yeah. I really love him. Yeah, and 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 I I had a little bit of the dialogue because like th- this movie also looks terrible, <laughs> mm-hmm. the most biopicy mm-hmm. pick you've ever seen in your life, and just all the I I saw this clip and I burst out laughing just at the th- the three Stooges out of character talking to one another. Ah, cutting it kind of close, aren't you, Porcupine? I had to make the plans for Mabel to meet us in Philly. You can call it from Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara? What are you talking about? I thought we were headed east. Newark, Philly, then Baltimore. Forget east. Hey, what's going on here, Mo? I got us two weeks in Seattle. That's what's going on. Seattle? All I got in Seattle is fuck. They got 900 a week to pay us for the gig. Guaranteed. Split even, that's 300 each. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking love this shit. I feel like I was just listening to a boring Gilmore Girls. I know, They're I know. They're so fast. <laughs> 
I know, I know. But that came out this week, as did the TV movie. Did this come out in America on the 24th? Cor- no. Core blimey. Cool, blimey. The second I saw this title, I'm like, I need to know what's going on. Cool, so, yes, the, in Britain, they had a TV movie, Core Blimey! Exclamation <laughs> point, which is a, a dramatization of the love affair between Sidney James and Barbara Windsor during the Carry On films. Oh, of course. Carry On films, there are 13 of them, 12 of them were made in 20 years. I, I There's wish- Carry On Sergeant and Carry On Constable and Carry On Nurses and Carry On Cowboy. And they are awful. <laughs> I, I was they shocked like when I started working working for Brits. Slap happy. Oh no, my top fell off. Look, I'm going to go to round now, Governor. It's like you think Benny Hill sucks, like carry on. <laughs> yeah, I, so I was shocked I, once I started working for Brits and uh and hanging around the water cooler which was smoking. Uh <laughs> it was it was used as kind of a shorthand for like hack shit and like what do you talk we, yeah. Why do you keep saying carry on? Do you want me to keep going? Like, oh, <laughs> it's it's a. And then I looked it up. I'm like, there. I hate it when I find out there's a 13 movie series I've never heard of. <laughs> it, yeah. It's unheard of usually uh, until mm-hmm. until you get in like the Snow Dogs era. But uh, yeah, Core Blimey out this week. And as on the 27th, Core Blimey, uh, Friends, the one where Ross meets Elizabeth's dad. I don't know what. Okay. Answer this. So. One. Let me uh, flex my friends' knowledge here a little bit. Sorry, I have not been able to talk about friends for a little while. But um, in this episode, it is has a huge, huge guest star. And Diana, are you Ooh. familiar with who this could be? Are you no, familiar with friends? Okay, good. Then when we play the clip, maybe I you'll be able to guess. This. Um, But this is a storyline where Ross is dating one of his students because he is a paleontology professor at uh, college and he starts dating one of his students. And then this is the episode where he meets the young woman's father, um, who is a very huge star at this point, possibly one of the biggest movie stars in the world at this point. But if you play the clip, you'll be able to hear a little bit of the person who's playing this woman's dad, Elizabeth's dad. But I also want to say that in this clip, he's meeting her dad for the first time. And I know a lot of people shit on friends for being like, oh, very like uh, out of date and and, not funny for different reasons. But I'm sorry, David Schwimmer is very very funny and i think this clip really does show you like he does have comedic chops and i kind of wish we could see more of him so all right roll it daddy fine two minutes go yeah yeah minute 50 seconds um, I, I want you to know I have never done anything like this before. I mean, I mean, I've been in um, relationships in general, uh, but I've never done it with a student. I mean, I not, <laughs> not it. I mean, I don't. We haven't done it. Uh, we. I mean, I mean, we've we've done stuff, but. I... <laughs> Wow, is Bruce Willis's hair stop motion in this? It's Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, he has hair. Just be yes. bald, Bruce. Yeah, ah. it, I don't think it's real. Mm-mm. It can't be real at this mm. point in 2000. But yeah, Bruce Willis is playing the uh, father of this young woman that Ross is dating. And it he's there for a couple episodes. And it's actually a very funny story arc. And he is like one of the biggest uh, movie stars in the world right now because of right. Sixth Sense and everything that we talked mm-hmm. about in the last year. And on one of the biggest TV shows in the world, it's kind of like a huge clash of the Titans. And I remember it was a very big deal when this 
whole storyline no, d- came out. That, that's the kind of shit that didn't happen in the previous generation. Like yeah. the current top build, one of the top movie stars in the world appearing in a television show. Well, or they yeah. would show up like, and they would come in like, you know, to cheers for a drink, but they wouldn't show up for like yeah. three or four weeks or they'd of storylines. they play themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. Right, but yeah, that's it. But that's that's friends' money for you during this era. The hard thing with watching that whole storyline, though, is that Bruce Willis is also someone who notoriously does not have a good sense of humor about himself or just in general. I think, and him trying to be in a comedy is a little painful to watch. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 have you seen like his his kids' Instagram right now? He's like he he's, he, no. le- he left his wife in L.A. <laughs> and is quarantining with Demi Moore and their children in Idaho. Like and they just <laughs> they all dress up for for photographs together. Like, all right, Bruce, this is not a side of you okay. I've seen before. All right, really good friends with your yeah. ex wife enough to quarantine yourself with her. This could get interesting. Get TMZ to Idaho. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and other TV movies about big people. I was just thinking when fucking that that fucking song that the millennials love uh, I, now it's I'm at a loss god my brain is totally 40 it just happened in an instant uh, John Denver that was a bigger tragedy than like I, I <laughs> than I was aware of because that was sudden and a huge accident and John Denver notably not a piece of shit uh, take me home the John Denver story TV movie airs this week with Chad Lowe Kristen Davis and Gerald McRaney John Denver's music touched our souls. Now CBS presents the untold story of his life. From the father who didn't believe in him. Famous is not such a big deal. To his career that soared. RCA just gave me a contract. As his marriage crumbled. I know how you're feeling. You do not know how I am feeling. A world premiere movie. Chad Lowe and Kristen Davis. Have you written any songs lately? Couple. I think you're really good at it. The John Denver Story, CBS, April 30th. I thought the song was named West Virginia because that's the best line in the song. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That's it's so walk hard to Dewey Cox story. God damn it. Very He's going to start ripping the sinks off the walls any minute. Very this a whole the whole promo is just like, oh, bio, like generic biopic. You could just put anyone's name in there. Like, oh, yeah. your daddy doesn't understand you and your wife is frustrated with you. Here's your mm-hmm. biopic. I just yeah. like John Denver. I was, I was, Wrong what, kid I was died. what I was watching, John, proud, John Denver was proudly uncool and he would do yeah. shit with a, a ton of, he, he did two specials, the Muppets. And then he also testified at a trial against the censorship of music along with like fucking twisted <laughs> sister, John Denver. That's pretty like, cool. Yeah, it is a cool yeah. thing to do. Like, this isn't my bag, but I'm not going to let, I, no, I don't want you to take the ability for other people to do it away. Yeah. Oh. I just want to sing about nature. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to sing about, I want to think about forest bathing and fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. I'm John Denver. <laughs> uh, I told you I'd bring this show up again uh, later. This is one of my least favorite guest stars of all time. You rock! Tell Spring Break what your name is. My name is Okay, that is the Simpsons. Simpsons finally go to Florida. Oh, Florida had it coming. Oh, uh, With Kill the Alligator and Run. Uh, I don't know. Great or terrible title? You tell me. Uh, but it was also one of the episodes where, like, I think I'm done with this show. <laughs> uh, I think I'm done with this. And it wasn't because I was offended as a Florida boy, but I thought more interestingly, and I should have gotten a clip for this instead. It's one of those moves I admire about King of the Hill. Uh, and the episode Nancy Boys airs this week on the 30th. And that is the one where 
Nancy cuts off a 14-year affair with John Redcorn. <gasps> right. Hmm. It's like this John has been happening. Redcorn. This has been happening for like a hundred episodes, and like, yeah, she's gonna be more devoted to Dale and was for the rest of the series, even though Joseph looks the way that he does. Uh <laughs> Dale is wonderfully oblivious and one of the greatest characters in animation. Love Dale. Love King of the Hill. Video games of 2000. Again, we'll go way more in depth in these on the Patreon show. We got a little bit of Wild Arms, uh, The Misadventures of Tron Bon, a weird-ass intercool in the Mega Man Legends series, Excite by 64, featuring the weirdest way to play soccer on a motorcycle. And, of course, (laughs) the video game's most interesting asset flip, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. It took pretty... Rejiggered a bunch of uh, Ocarina... That's underselling it, but Ocarina of Time's graphics and textures and made this very interesting game about the world ending in three days and every three days in the game it would end and you would be sent back to the beginning and hopefully be able to piece together what you did previously as fast as you can i've never loved this game but i do admire it is weird it is very very strange even the intro gives me goosebumps for some reason and we'll talk more about those later uh, on, on patreon.com slash laser time. Please consider becoming a subscriber at the $5 level. If you can, if you can't, we understand. Uh, Maya will take us out of 2000 with a case of X and people stay right there. I need to talk about a movie that's really irritated me. <laughs> Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a Big Giant Question Mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. However, if you'll indulge me, I wanted to throw it back to the patrons at patreon.com slash laser time who chimed in with their Phantom Menace anecdotes what happened after they saw it because this uh, this I'm equally fascinated by the 16 years in between Star Wars and the three years between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones do you do you approach Attack of the Clones like a hot stove like oh I don't want to get burned again oh. <laughs> uh, I guess because like most of our listeners are younger than me specifically they had no problem with Phantom Menace in the theater and I'm saying yeah. once again that's fine I love a lot of bad movies too and I will defend them to death so go for it sure um, <laughs> Calamari says I was working at a Target uh, as a stalker at the time I remember we opened up a box of nothing but Jar Jar dolls you know the kind with the bullstring and of course uh, we had to try one not knowing the character's speech patterns everyone on the floor swore up and down they heard the doll saying hello me's a cocksucker bee <laughs> oh that's sick of Star Wars available exclusively at patreon.com slash laser time along with weekly bonus shows over 100 movie commentaries exclusive bonus podcasts and more for just five bucks and that's in addition to the brand new show sick of Star Wars an angst ridden podcast saga told in nine parts listen long and prosper this is so wizarding Mr. 
Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 24th through 30th, we've got some interesting history to talk about. 75 years ago this week in 1945, saw the... Rather brutal end of uh, Italy's leader, Benito Mussolini. He was 61. April 28th, he was trying to flee the country. As the Allies closed in, some Italian communist partisans grabbed him, shot him and his girlfriend, and strung him up upside down from the roof of a gas station. That'll happen. And then a couple days later, just to turn things around, uh, his ally, Adolf Hitler, does the best thing he ever did. He killed Hitler! I mean, I've always wanted to kill Hitler, and only one man got to do it. Adolf Hitler. He was 56. It was just after his birthday. So, 75 years ago, that's uh, April 30th, 1945, by the way. So, there's not much else to recommend, so I'm going to recommend probably the most recent movie I'll ever recommend on this show. Uh, Der Untergang, also known as Downfall from 2004, which is a German movie about Hitler, starring Bruno Ganz, that I was blown away by honestly when i saw it because it humanizes hitler and all the top nazis without ever making them sympathetic and that's really hard to do so it's really about i think it's taken partially taken from a a book by one of Hitler's secretaries it's about the last week or so uh, of the third reich while they're all hiding in the bunker because the soviets are running into berlin and they're, they're putting little, literally children out on the front lines to try to defend it, and Hitler's going nuts. And that's where you get the clip that's become the internet meme of Hitler getting mad because someone sniped him on Xbox or whatever. He doesn't like Star Wars and uh, whatever he's complaining about. I mean, that meme's been around almost as long as this movie anyway. So, yeah, that's my recommendation for uh, 75th anniversary of... Ah, man, Hitler's death. I saw a lot of... Uh, different memes about like what quarantine house do you want to be in and there was one it was like do you want to be with stalin you want to be with mao or you want to be with hitler you want to be with two hitlers it's like i always pick the one with hitler because no one said anything about not killing hitler because especially if there's two hitlers they'll probably kill each other and that'd be great to watch he's such a dick anyway uh yeah downfall from 2004 humanizes him you know he's not like a satanic monstery kind of guy he really he's just kind of a pathetic loser who can't understand that he's losing and wants to take everybody with him and uh it's really damn good and that's it for this week stay classic Coming in 2010 with Nothing on You by B.O.B. featuring Bruno, Bruno Mars off of B.O.B. Presents the Adventures of Bobby Ray. I have no we idea were, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Sam and I were just talking about B.O.B. actually because we heard him on the radio. And he had some real bangers during this time period. Like is, is he, several. Um, is he the but, one who became a flat earther? Yes. Okay. We were just talking about that. Like, whatever happened to that guy? I don't know. He seemed like he was like a bona fide like pop star. And he had a bunch of collabs that were like really interesting and cool. And then, yeah, the last thing I heard about him is he's a flat earther. And then that's that. 
Also, he really frustrates me because his recording name is B-O-B, which are look like initials, like B period, O period, B, no period. It looks like bombs over and Baghdad. It, apparently, that's on purpose. Oh. And I don't know why, but I remember reading a an interview where he said specifically that it was on purpose as there was no period after the second B. And I don't know why. I can't remember that part of it. Ugh, don't like it. Yeah, you don't want to go editing uh, hip hop names, Diana. Don't do it. Okay. Oh my God. I I remember hearing about the flat Earth thing. I did not realize he released a diss track against Neil deGrasse Tyson. Ooh. Okay. I kind of <laughs> like that because I'm ready for someone to take Neil deGrasse Tyson down. <laughs> no, but I mean specifically about like how come he's saying that the Earth is round? How dare he? I know better. Fuck all y'all. All right, you ready? Oh, wait, the wait, Earth is going. flat like your girl's titties. Flat. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, no one who's gotten on a plane is allowed to think that. I never mind. Uh, but uh, <laughs> welcome to 2010. Uh, that's that's out this week. As is Fever by Bullet for My Valentine, Transcontinental Hustle by uh, Gogol Bordello. Uh, yeah, Gogol Bordello is very fun. Yeah. Uh, if you say so, Unmistakable Love by uh, Jody Messina and Songs from the Tainted Cherry Tree by Diana Vickers. Rude Boy by Rihanna is still number one. A little bit of news to bring you to 2010. People's Magazine's Most Beautiful People includes number one for a record fourth time, Julio Roberts. Julia Roberts. <laughs> she did it again with her big ass teeth. Oh, good for her. Good for her. Yay. I have not seen her. Why do I feel like I haven't seen her in like 10 years? She did like a revenge murder movie, like maybe a couple years ago, where her like daughter was found in a dumpster, and then she was a police detective, and she was I, like I, trying to. F- Do you remember seeing previews for that? No, I. Well, I think the last thing I saw previews for was an Amazon series she's in, which if right. you want me to not see you, have an Amazon series. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be real good, isn't it? Mm. It's uh, yeah, Homecoming is by the um, Mr. Robot guy. Right. Ah, Sam yeah. Espinel. Supposed to be good. Uh, yeah. Well, well then it should be on a better app. Anyway, movies of 2010, <laughs> April 24th to the 30th. Ip Man 2, Donnie Yen, Sammo Hung. Uh, I have yeah. not seen this. We were just talking about Ip Man. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. last year, the year before, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We had the last Ip Man. The first Ip Man was uh, 2008, but didn't come to the States until 2009. And it was such a big hit here that. But they finally started like releasing things at the same time everywhere. So Ip Man 2 uh, has Donnie Yen again as Ip Man, who is a real person. Now it's after the war. The first movie is like during World War II and the Japanese occupation of China. And it's got all like the Japanese are the bad guys and they keep forcing him to fight people and stuff. And this time the it's uh, after the war and he's in Hong Kong and the bad people are fucking whitey. The Brits are like mistreating people and local kung fu gangs are like giving him a hard time and in the end uh he first sammo hung and then he fight a british boxer and that shit's really fucking cool Mm. to watch yeah wing chun style kung fu versus like standard old boxing it's pretty good it's it's really good every every it man movie i've seen so far has been really good have really great fight scenes uh, Donnie has so much freaking charisma. Like, he just seems such a good guy. I only know him from Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all are missing out. His fight with Sammo Hung is sweet, and I think Sammo Hung did all the fight choreography, too. Mm. So it's out-fucking-standing fight choreography. 
Right. And also this week, yeah. Touching Home with Ed Harris and Brad Dorf and Robert Faster, who I miss every day. I do, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a super tiny movie that these guys made and star in based on their own dad, who was homeless. And mm-hmm. Ed Harris is supposed to be very intense in it because he's Ed Harris. I can see it. The Good Heart is also out this week with Paul Dano and Brian Cox. This time, Paul Dano is homeless, and Brian Cox it, like teams up with him and tries to mentor him, but he's got problems and stuff. And yeah, again, both of these movies where it's like, oh, all the reviews are like, well, that performance was good. And then they never really tell you, like, well, should I go see this? These are tiny indie movies. Should I bother? There's, o- uh? there's only one... Nah. There's only one must-see Paul Dana homeless movie, and that's Swiss Army Man on Netflix right now. <laughs> really good. And uh, also out this week, uh, Alan Arkin, Juliana Margulies, Emily Mortimer, and Andy Garcia in City Island. My name is Vince Rizzo, Correctional Officer 426. Why don't we have a big home-cooked dinner tonight? Big, nice. Like I do every Saturday night. I'm just saying something nice. When don't I make it nice? Make something nicer. Make it yourself. Hey, Vinny, you ready for your test today? Totally. You're I'm concerned about your education. Stop that! I just met my son. His name is Tony. What are you going to tell your wife? The truth, I suppose that's out of the question, is it? Why am I fascinated by this? Uh, probably because these resemble dead family members of mine. <laughs> there really, you go. We're being very Italian. Really very New York. Yeah, very New York. Where uh, Andy Garcia is a prison guard, and he runs into his illegitimate son, and... Uh, like invites him to stay with him and his wife Juliana Margulies. He doesn't know what's going on, and their son, who's uh like a burgeoning pervert, and there's other like wacky homespun Italian goings on, and hey. it got basically no release. But all the reviews were like, "It's charming, is wonderful, and wonderful, and everyone will enjoy it." I'm like, "Well, I kind of hate when that happens." Yeah, <laughs> well, I did, yeah. I, I mean, know. I I do like wacky family dramas co- or mm-hmm. comedy dramas. You know, some of them, they, they get really cliched, and it sounds like this one avoids some of those. So that's cool. And I like Andy Garcia, too. I, yeah, me too. I just, really like Andy Garcia, just a yeah. Solid guy. Yeah. Me too. So, yeah, City Island. There you go. You know who I love and hate at the same time? Ooh. Brendan Fraser. Agree. Brendan Fraser. How do you hate him? How can I, you Because I him? want the best for him. I love him he, dearly, and he constantly <laughs> he abuses me. He makes some bad me. choices. Oh, up until up until very recently, he he really hurt me all all the time. <laughs> yeah. Such as this movie, Ken Jeong, Brooke Shields, Brendan Fraser, and Furry Vengeance. You're building on a nature preserve, and nature's ticked off. Are you telling me that the animals are trying to get me to stop developing Rocky Springs? <laughs> I think the animals are out for revenge. This movie's this movie seems like one of those Adam Sandler movies shown in Funny People. Like this is too <laughs> yeah, stupid yes, to exactly. exist. Uh, but it, yes, you can see why Hollywood ten years ago would have jumped all the fuck over it. Uh, yeah. Doctor Doolittle esque furry vengeance. Fuck this movie forever. I want better for Brendan Fraser and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys read a couple of years ago uh, a big article came out i think it was in vanity fair maybe esquire that one of the reasons why he kind of dropped out of hollywood for a long time is because he was sexually assaulted by a 
movie producer or someone he he was on the receiving end of what we think of as the me too movement he got sexually um assaulted by someone and and just kind of took him out took him out of hollywood for a while and so that's kind of why we're starting to see a little bit of a comeback from him like 10 years later with uh, the affair. He had like a big storyline. The affair that we were watching on I, HBO I'm or sure on a Showtime. Excuse me. You guys haven't seen it. He he's not really in it, but he's he's a the VO of the main character in uh, DC Universe's Doom Patrol. That show is excellent. Hmm. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good, and you can see him yeah. doing a lot of skeezy sex stuff uh, as Brendan Fraser's too. Interesting. That, that, well, I I really like him a lot, and it was very interesting to hear his story. Because he, yeah, well, he, really... he also had some like severe health problems too. He, pre- he pretty much retracted from the world mm-hmm. for uh, for uh, about ten years, and he kind of did the Val-, Val Kilmer thing of like bought a ranch, retreated yeah. to that for a long time. Leave me alone. I won't ask you any questions. You don't ask me any questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, th- so the only reason I remember this, and Diana took it to the dock, but I'm going to play it anyway, um, mm-hmm. is what went viral from the film, and that was the end credit sequence. You know, when a movie. Uh, what am I thinking? Like maybe Mallrats or Forty Year Old Virgin. They the whole every scene they've been filming a music video for the end credits. Mm-hmm. And this movie did the same thing with some animal actors uh, with the worst cover song I have ever heard. I told you this band would come back. Oh, this is horrible. The whole cast, including the CG animals, doing a cover of Cypress Hills, Insane in the Membrane. Over the ending <gasps> credits? Over the ending credits. Uh, and I, I wish Tough Crowd uh, was still in the air because even like Jim Norton and Patrice O'Neill are dancing in this. And I would have loved to hear, uh, hear oh. both of them make fun of one another for it. It is. I would love is, for Jim Norton to answer for that. It is so stupid. <laughs> and, and, and like the only thing I know about this movie at all. Uh, speaking of only knowing one thing about a movie... Uh, oh. uh, do we There's have to? There's only one thing anybody knows about. The I've, next I movie, have seen this. God bless it for turning into a meme, you know, because it's so distinctive. It sticks in your head. I have seen this. If you haven't heard Kevin and I talk on the air, we, you know, we grew up wanting to watch everything we were not allowed to watch or anything we were told we shouldn't watch. And I can't think of much like that that has gone into movie theaters in the last 10 years, with the exception of this. Uh, Akihoro Ketamaru Mara uh, Ashlyn Yeni Ashley C. Williams Dieter Laser in The Human Centipede The First Sequence What a presumptuous title You're tourists we, uh, we are on a road trip European vacation Can you call uh, The emergency car service For us Human <laughs> Centipede <laughs> The human centipede. <sighs> uh, um, Do we yeah. have to discuss this, really? The, I mean, <laughs> like, to, to, you know, to your we've point. talked before about how, like, I have to imagine everything that everything everyone says because that's how my brain works. And I've never seen this movie because I've seen this movie in my brain a million times. Now, Sarah, <laughs> do you like refried beans? Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
everyone should know what this is about, and I don't want to describe it. But the only thing I think is bizarre is that Netflix will not show pornography, but this has been on Netflix for an eternity. And like, I would rather catch my kid watching pornography than the human centipede. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. fair. And, but but I do like that it is a well made movie meant to be exploitative in yeah. in within the last decade. It's not my it cup is. of tea. I never recommend it to anybody else. I don't nope. love that I watched it, but like, yeah, man, I feel like I went to the brink and came back. I, <laughs> I yeah, I, 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 mean, I never watch the sequels. In, yeah, in in a lot of ways, it makes me think of. I mean, it's definitely torture porn, but there's also like there's torture porn that's. So supposed to be like so extreme, it literally only exists to be as extreme and disgusting as possible. Yes. I'm looking at you, Serbian film. <laughs> you're just trying to be as outrageously disgusting as possible. And it's like, this is the most outrageously disgusting idea there is. Period. I I'm hard pressed to think of something more disgusting. I'm sure yeah, someone just, else out there has thought of it. I just don't know of another film right. that has come out. And I mean, this you know, IFC released it, but it, let's call them a major release, <laughs> a major distributor that mm-hmm. that brought out a movie that just dared you to watch it. You will not enjoy this, but I dare you to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. It's a simpler time <laughs> when when that, those movies were few and far between. I guess you could make those movies all day and all night, and YouTube probably does. Do but- we know anything about the like the maker of the movie, like what their intention is. Like, no. is it a uh, Michael Haneke situation where they're like, fuck you, the viewer, I hate you so much. I'm going to force you to watch something that's terrible. Or is it just kind like, of. is that what it is? Is that what the intention is here? I, I don't, I don't think it, it, it's anywhere near that airy fairy. I, <laughs> I, I think I, I but it, it's, it's a pretty movie. It's like, I couldn't, with everyone what? I know, I, I, with everyone I know, I could not shoot a movie this good looking. Like it's it's a well made film. It just yeah, is. No, that just takes money. Like that doesn't mean. Yeah, but who would put money into this? It, that's my question. <laughs> just that it happened. It's like it's something I I do really want to like have a little minor celebration about it. That it happened three times. I will. I am less interested in defending this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it 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 does relate to me. One of my favorite anecdotes. Uh, of all time in my adventures in the gaming medium. Mm. And uh, yes. And then like, you may have heard our buddy Tyler Nagata uh, on on one of our shows before. Wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, He was in charge of news during this period at the website that we worked at, the games news. And for some reason, a Netflix app dropped on the 3DS, the Nintendo Game Boy of the new generation. And he's like, oh, I got to write up this news story. I wonder if it even works. He's like, no, dude, I tested it and it worked. And I posted it on my Twitter. I can give you the picture. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. No one else. Everyone just has a Netflix logo. We would love to see what this actually looks like on 3DS. And I sent him the picture. And it was a picture of my Mario action figure posed next to my 3DS as I loaded up Human Centipede on on the 3DS. And Tyler's reaction was like, can you not take anything seriously? Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. God damn it. He was so mad at me. <laughs> and it's uh, it's one of the things we still laugh about the most. He was like, man, I thought I had an exclusive image of this thing working and I can't run this at all. <laughs> it's just Mario so, and the human centipede together. As someone mm-hmm. who has watched this, mm-hmm. right? You watched the entire movie? Yes. Okay. But For, not so. My question, is it sexual? Like, is it... Is- uh, it's difficult mm. to describe the motives of the doctors, but 
Yeah. That's is a- it a sexual thing? Because I'm, I'm just curious. Like, everyone has their sexual proclivity. Like what they're into. Yes, and I like to have someone shit in my mouth while I shit into their mouth. Uh, sure, <laughs> of course, we all know this, but like, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know why I've always I never really thought of this as torture porn and more of like a like I don't know weird sexual thing. No, I, I, I don't think it is a weird sex thing. I think. I mean, he's definitely the the filmmaker Tom Six has definitely talked about how, you know, he's very inspired by things like Joseph Mengele and Nazi medical experiments. Cool, 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 very cool. Sort of, you know, um, commenting on that. A cool thing to admit. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out he's he's half Dutch, half German, and has talked about feeling like guilt by association of things that Germany's done. Over the amount of shiza porn he's endured, Jesus Christ. Yep, and he's maybe this is like ultimate payback for all the shisa porn. Where it's like, oh yeah, you like people pooping? Well, how about I sew your mouth to someone's butt? How you feel now? I, yeah, I, I still think, I think this is. I'm feeling woozy, y'all. It's fascinating <laughs> that this exists. Yeah, if you want to tap out, we'll finish this conversation because I, I don't know if there's anyone who doesn't know what it is he's trying to accomplish in the human centipede. But yeah, it's sewing mouths to other people's butts and just chaining them along like that and there's always the question of well where would you rather be in the front would you rather be in the back in the middle obviously the front obviously the front what if i'm hungry the guilt guilt schmilt front all the way (laughs) and uh i i I wouldn't really promote daniel tosh but i think a a clip of him describing the movie either on (laughs) uh, behind the scenes in the show it's like it's the most palatable way to to endure what this is about (laughs) By Googling that, like describing what this movie is, because even I don't want to do it. Well, it's just so funny that, okay, so this movie is 10 years old, obviously, because we're talking about it. But, um, you know, in the past 10 years, the whole meme of like young millennials, Xennials, whatever we want to call them, Zennials, super into ass eating. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Are Keep we going. seeing a connection here? No, <laughs> it's not the same thing. When we eat ass, as spoken like the the biggest millennial on the show. All right, but like you know, it's not about ingesting poo, nor about not being able to remove our mouth from that asshole. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, and, we should just let this. And go if then. nothing, if nothing else, I. I, I think it's hilarious if you've seen the South Park episode, the uh, Human <laughs> Sense iPad, where they wrap up the iTunes user agreement and you agreeing to be a human centipede. And watching Kyle in, as the middle of the human centipede, I think it's still in the yeah. intro of the show. It is so fucking funny <laughs> watching this little kid shake in the middle of the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, it's so fucking I don't care what you think about the politics of South Park. That shit is hilarious. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so uh, gross. It is. It is so gross. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what the release date. I, I mean, obviously, there's a release date this week, but I, I think this is kind of a slow rollout over. Yeah. Throughout the yeah. country. And yeah. I don't think it had a bunch of like big movie theater like debuts. <laughs> like, no. okay. But I mean, like, yeah, before there was home video, like. <clears throat> Movies made their money like this. It's a thing you can only see at these events. And you, come, you, mm-hmm. you, you if you're not here, you miss it and you'll never see it. You can only have it described to you. And it's yeah. one of the last times that happened. Again, I don't love the movie and I'm not recommending you watch it. But, like, I want someone to do something like this. I do. 
Uh, I, I would later. like to know, because this is obviously a movie you build a lot of buzz by being like the craziest shit you've ever heard. And then it's going to make all its money in streaming mm-hmm. and DVD. Which, I want to know who saw this in the theater. If you saw yeah. this, you actually got in your car or a bus, went to a theater to see this on the big screen. You did. I want to hear from you. With your Lars Van Trier t-shirt in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michael Haneke hat. <laughs> and, and I'm only, I'm saying that because like I, I can't imagine this movie would have released out of what for me was one of the most anticipated horror movies of all time. Uh, yeah, not not anti- up against a big thing. Not anticipated because I was dreading this because Platinum Dunes is Michael Bay's horror company that had almost exclusively remade bad versions of good horror movies. And they yep. slowly got to better and better properties. So, like, they got to Friday the 13th. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, they're going to do Nightmare on Elm Street next. And sure enough, they did, uh, starring R and U, Kellen Lutz, Connie Britton, uh, Katie Cassidy, Clancy Brown, uh, Kyle Gallner, Thomas Deck, Rudy Mara, and Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Every time that I dream, there's always this man. Freddy. Is there anybody else out there that this is happening to? It's me, it's you, it's Dean, Jesse, Chris. It's in all of our heads. Don't fall asleep. So I finally watched this today, and I, I don't want to say hated it, because I have a newfound respect for it. Um, it's kind of a very beautiful film <laughs> and it, uh, it doesn't fuck around with being, it wants to be scary and, but knowing Freddy like I do and knowing what I originally wanted from Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger was the character I was rooting for, uh, the whole time. And Jackie Earl Haley is, is fucking wonderfully menacing as Freddy Krueger. That is the only redeeming quality I could think about from this is that's great casting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's excellent mm-hmm. casting. I can see and him it's, doing a great it is job. The most profitable. I think it's unadjusted. It's the most profitable slasher movie of all time. The two, 2010 remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't know why it never got a sequel. I really don't because uh, it, it it made its money back and then some. Mm-hmm. But and that's because I would be much more fascinated to see the second go round because it focuses on being scary, which the original Nightmare on Elm Street was trying to do. Uh, I love the batshit MTV quality of Freddy Krueger. I want to see music video style kills. I want to see someone turned into a roach or a comic book character or be uh, have his body absorbed into a motorcycle. I want to see that kind of shit. <laughs> this sticks rigidly to the original movie, including recreating its kills, which... As someone, we did a whole series night in Elm Street Nightmare. I think I think you can listen to that all for free, but it's we have a bunch more on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Um, uh, I, I was always looking forward to the brutality and the weirdness of Freddy's kills, and when they're only remaking like like shot for shot, not not like Psycho Gus Van Sant's Psycho, but a, it's so similar to Gus Van Sant's uh, Psycho in that mm. the the iconic shot of the glove coming up through the woman's legs in the bathtub. They just redid mm-hmm. that. Uh, the one being killed, yeah. rolling all over the ceiling, they just redid that. And it's like, 
dude, you're going to kill less people than any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I know you want to make this real and scary to everyone, but like, at least figure out a new thing to do. And I don't feel like they did. And I don't like the Freddy Krueger makeup at all. If you look at this, this looks like a Tim Burton stop motion figure of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I think, I think Robert England's makeup is a much scarier, B way more iconic. This dude looks like he had like a fucking Ghibli wood Sprite uh, with all the makeup on. <laughs> it looks like a rough sketch of what Freddy Krueger should look like on film. And to me, it, the design itself is not scary, but Jackie Earl Haley's performance and voice are very menacing, very scary. Uh, compliments mm. there, and it's well directed, and it looks gorgeous. It just it is a little too adherent to the original film, which I think you know people could say that about remakes. If you're just going to do that, go watch the original film. You didn't. Yeah. There was not. Has enough- there been a good one? Has there been a good horror remake? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Dawn of the Dead comes to mind. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, there's definitely more. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. But uh, but I think it, there are a lot of people who grew up with Freddy. I, I've discovered Freddy in the fifth film. Who were like I want him to be scary again? You got that with New Nightmare, and fine, it's scary again. And then ten years later, with the effects looking as dated as they do, it's not as scary, but it can still be fun. I just didn't feel this movie was fun. And, and most notably, they make it a real big point to call Freddy Krueger in the original series a child murderer. He is murdering the children of the people, the townsfolks of Springwood who burned him alive uh, without trial because they thought he was murdering their children, which he was. Uh, burned him alive, and he's haunting their children's dreams. This one just establishes he's a pedophile, and he's mm. been abusing children. It's like, how the fuck am I supposed... Everything I like about Freddy is me rooting for him. I want him to put on sunglasses. I want him to. Yeah, how is this going to be guys. fun? Yeah, dude, I cannot yeah. root for this character at all. And like, you're well, maybe that's the point. And is that no? It's not. It's not your daddy's Freddy. It's not fun, wacky, punny Freddy. It's just scary monster Freddy. I suppose, but then like, I don't know how you build a franchise out of that. I, I, yeah, and it's hard. I mean, there's a certain aspect of watching horror films one of the more thrilling feelings about watching a horror film i think a lot of times is hoping that the monster gets away with it so you can see more action or whatever in all seriousness all the nightmare on elm street movies other than nancy or alice sets up the most annoying kid stereotypes you are begging (laughs) to watch die and this movie has a bunch of teenagers well let's say 25 year olds trying to be teenagers trying to act and it's just like I don't know, man. Like, I, I know there's a contingent of people who wanted Nightmare on Elm Street to be scary again, but it wasn't scary after the first movie. But we, a bunch of us showed up for seven movies after that. I wanted it to be fun, and this is not fun. It is scary. Uh, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 It's on Netflix. Uh, see it for yourself. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I did not care for this at all, despite being able to say objectively it's fucking well it's not embarrassing it's well made and holds up pretty decently as a scary movie in a vacuum if you if you're not familiar with the character it's it's probably going to be pretty okay for you uh but but i i love the i love robert england so much and he was so supportive of this project and wes craven was <laughs> not <laughs> uh and, and but yeah jackie Earl haley being the best casting of of all of this like in in that in and of itself is like a bizarre story that a zillion 
fucking true to life sitcoms will base storylines off of Jackie Earl Haley being a child actor who disappeared until getting cast in Watchmen when real actors didn't want to be in superhero movies and then just becoming like a guy you just see cast in everything now, including as Freddy yeah. Krueger. It's a great story. Pops up a lot. Yeah. And, and this is not his first time playing a child molester. No. Yeah. Little children. No, little, little children. Mm-hmm. Little children. Mm-hmm. That's, that's an outstanding movie. And oh, yeah. Was that might have been was that before Watchmen? I think it might have just been before. It's Watchmen. difficult to know because because Patrick Wilson. I don't in know it, when Patrick were Wilson yeah. is in it too. That's right, and right. And, yeah. and he's he's he has clearly lost a lot of weight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cannot believe how much weight he gained because that was my introduction to him to seeing him as Night Owl. Anyway, Watchmen we talked about that a few, uh, like uh, last year, thirty twenty ten. Mm-hmm. Go into our back catalog. Uh, I would love to know what you think about Nightmare on Elm Street because the, when I shit on the I, the very idea of a remake of Friday Thirteenth, I was bombarded with the idea that Platinum Dunes, Platinum Duneses, I believe that's how you say it, their Friday Thirteenth remake is actually really good and worth a look. Um, it, even though a lot of their remakes are not, and and most people don't go to the table for this. This got a lot of bad reviews. Uh, horror fans didn't love it either, but I, I still I will stand up for it, saying it's a it's a solid it's a solidly made film it's just man why why do so many similar things to the thing you're remaking like this misses the mark yeah yeah I, well I, I don't know like i just like if you're going to remake something like you need to do something a little different and yeah it, like there there's nothing modern that enters into the equation or anything like that or like that changes the lore at all and it's just like oh now i know vince Vaughn's norman bates is masturbating great like i now, I, now I'm disgusted by this character uh, rather than being mildly curious about what he has yeah. to say as Norman Bates. That's why it reminded me a lot of Gus Van Sant's Psycho, even though it's not a shot for well, shot that makes remake. makes sense. That's a good analogy. But the cinematography is is beautiful, but it's it's very, very boiler room similar to fucking the original Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think mm-hmm. is beyond reproach if you care about horror movies at all or pop culture history. Just watch Nightmare on Elm Street, the original it's yeah. wonderful. It holds up very, very well outside mm-hmm. of Freddy's arm stretching. But uh, <laughs> moving into television to 2010, <laughs> uh, April 24th through the 30th, uh, You Don't Know Jack TV movie premieres. And man, this really sent my brain to spin. Like Al Pacino, Brendan Vicard, and John Goodman were all in this game show remake of a PC game. No. I wish I had a better name. No, it's just a terrible title for the first entry in. Al Pacino's indentured servitude to HBO's <laughs> biopics. Yeah. He's got to play the worst people in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm Jack Kowalkian. Well, now I'm fucking Jerry Sandusky. <laughs> and it, I would say I'm Phil Spector now. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely the best person he ever played. And it's the person certainly. who killed the most people. Certainly. <laughs> certainly. Agree. Agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is the HBO wow. TV movie. You don't know Jack um, starring Al Pacino about Jack Kevorkian. And um, depending on how you view what Jack Kevorkian did, uh, either helping people or uh, murdering people. In the words of Kurt Vonnegut, God bless you, Dr. Kevorkian. I, yeah. I mean, people should be able to do what they want with their bodies, especially at the end of their lives. And this, I, go ahead and play the tray, a little bit of the tray tray. Okay. Who cares what people think? It's what my patient 
feels. Jack, you can't kill someone on national television. Has he no regard for the sanctity of life? Thank you. Have you no God? There's only one side to the story. Ours. You go to prison for the rest of your life. He is leading society into an age of enlightenment, you idiots. Let him prosecute. Convict me. Send me to jail. I'm thinking of the Supreme Court. I'm thinking of going all the way. It'll be God, that's prestige television. I wish I could have afforded it in 2010. So I really actually liked this HBO TV movie. I thought they it did a really good job. Yeah. I remember liking it at the time. I've not gone back to rewatch it, but I thought Pacino reigns in a lot of the Pacinoing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And oh. it you know, uses it when necessary. So HBO films, they do two two they do two types of movies. Like they're either very good and we love them, like and the band plays on, you don't know Jack behind the candelabra, or they go completely outside the realm. And the Rat Pack. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's very very bad. I think this belongs in the very good category. Like I, I remember recording it when it came out on TiVo and watching it and absolutely loving it. Um, you did and- put a timestamp on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I T-voted. it. I had a T-vote. Uh, and I, I think it, they they turned um, uh, a late night monologue boogeyman into a real person. Exactly. Which I think yeah. is very important because what he was doing was a very important thing for a lot of people and continues to be an important thing. And it's kind of fallen by the wayside. I don't think we've heard a lot from the right to die folks in a long time. Um, but it's all being, I think- it's all being forced on us. God forbid you live in Vegas or Georgia. (laughs) Can't even, yeah, can't even get into that. But yes, but I think a lot of people are kind of figuring it out how to do it on their own. But one of the things I really appreciated about the movie was showing how hard he worked to give people a dignified end, which is what they were asking for all along, which is what he was trying to provide people. And Weirdly, like a lot of what it shows in the movie, from what I can remember, is that um, he would set up a sort of situation for people that was almost like a Rube Goldberg yep. device, like a game show, in order to um, let them choose when they were ready to go without putting it on another person. Because many times, people who um, want to leave this earthly realm die on their own terms. Uh, do not want to put it on another person. To... Or they have to be brain dead and their family member has to pull the tube or the plug. And, but that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about are people who are choosing to, who who are actively able to choose to, right. you know, yeah. let go they, they of know. the sorts of things that are keeping them alive. But yeah. they don't want to put it on another person in order to make this like affirmative act like a trolley car right. situation. And so but they're also, they're so disabled. They can't just like, they can't get it for a gun. themselves. Exactly. They yeah. cannot do it for themselves. And so what do you do for these people? And um, I don't know. I thought it was a very thought. I, when I saw this movie, when it came out 10 years ago, um, I thought it was a very thoughtful uh, depiction of what was going on there. I thought it was one of the better HBO movies and I mean, HBO is kind of known for tackling these kind of big subjects, you know, yeah. and I think they did a good job with this one. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't remember the movie as much as I'm HBO broadcast. That dude had to film everything he did from multiple angles from for legal aspects so people could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
release him of responsibility. He's like, I'm here with Dan, and Dan has chosen to end his life, and we've set up an right. apparatus, and when he hits this button and this button, uh, and, and like, and you sure this is what you want to do? I get and HBO on a, on a documentary. I think before the film came out, that's the stuff that stuck with me. That like Kevorkian filmed himself with all of these patients testifying mm-hmm. that like I would like to go, mm-hmm. and I'm doing this on my own free will. Uh, that's what I remember. More than the movie. He's giving a gift to these people. He yeah. is. I think and, and that's I, I, what I a lot of people feel. And, you know. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I don't want to be morbid. But, like, um, watching my mother's grandparents, like, they all died at, like, 65 to 75 of a good old-fashioned heart attack or natural causes. Whereas, like, all of her parents and her step, her, my father's parents were just kept alive as long as someone could squeeze money out of them into their nineties mm-hmm. and were miserable. I'm like, ah, great. Hardcore Christian grandma's getting naked at Thanksgiving again. She would, she would love to be alive to be this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my mother watched this movie and is, I don't know if she's full of shit, but she has said she's made arrangements to, <laughs> to like, uh, yeah, I will not be my parents to me, to you. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, I will not do to you what my parents did to me. I have made arrangements. Yeah. I think if nothing else, this movie brings up a great conversation for people to have with their parents, with their loved ones. Sam and I have had that conversation. I've had that conversation with my own parents. What what do we what are all the potential oh outcomes God, for end of life having, situations? I can only imagining this conversation mm-hmm. with Sam's mother. Fuck, I wish I was there. Oh. <laughs> love that woman. She's great. Yeah. I love her so much. But um yeah. I think but yeah. Well, Part of what the movie is delving into is a lot of the legal cases because mm-hmm. it's like, well, technically this is manslaughter, right? Or it could be second degree murder or whatever. And uh, since then, and Kevorkian's passed away, mm-hmm. just of natural causes, by the way, um, since then we have a fair fair amount of states now that, yeah, you can get some assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. You have to, and they put in like a bunch of different doctors, have to like sign off on you got to talk to psychiatrists, you have to have like no help of recovery and you know, all this stuff, but it's like, okay, that you can do it. Yeah, but it, it still seems and like we're getting the, there. The, and it's court challenges are kind of how we get there. Of course. It's, and it's, 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 it's other countries that have it. It's the only them. time I've seen the pro life people stand up to pro life. I'm like, you're not pro life, you're anti abortion. Oh, mm-hmm. in this debate, you actually don't you're stepping in and telling these people they can't do with their bodies because you don't believe your heaven must be great if no one's allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I mean, that that was what the debate was. It was a bunch of people who like didn't feel like people had the option to punk, punch their own ticket and anyone who helped them should be prosecuted yeah. Yeah. and sent well, this old well, man to jail. I can, I can see how you could, I don't know, use it to cover up murder. Sure, of course. And I mean, I, I was a philosophy major uh, in ethics. We talk a lot about this sort of thing. And one of the questions that came up was that if uh, assisted suicide was an option, a legal option for a lot of people, what are the ethical implications that come along with that where now people might feel obligated to do that in order to let their family off the hook to not have to deal with them mm-hmm. when they may not want to already make that choice. These are all very complicated, very um interesting conversations that everyone needs to have with their own family. And of course nobody wants to do that. So it's way better to just be mad. Um, But with actually with uh, Dr. Kevorkian, he did actually end up going to prison uh, Mm -hmm. for what he 
what he did. And um, regardless of how you view what he did, but he was convicted of secondary murder while assisting a man who had ALS. Um, and he served eight years and he was, Damn. uh, he was sentenced to 10 to 25 years in prison and he served eight and was, were, he was released in 2007. Do you, do you and think if he had a less, he died in 2011. To, to lighten this up, do you think he would have been remembered less if he had a less weird name? <laughs> it's very, I mean, it's a good name. I mean, would, would Jay Leno it's tug catchy. his collar and be like, paging Dr. Smith? Like, like mm-hmm. it wouldn't make any sense. Dr. Kevorkian's mm-hmm. a good name. I've learned from the Sunshine Boys that words with a K in them are funny. Hey, see? Did we both just watch Hi. the Sunshine Boys? <laughs> My no, God. I just like to quote that. <laughs> oh, Diane, I want to high five you with so a K bad. K in them are funny. Oh, God. George Burns is no, so good. No, we're social distancing. You can't. Oh, God damn it. Uh, but, but to lighten things up a little bit, one of my favorite things in the world, uh, <gasps> this same night, we're treated with SNL uh, with guest hosts Gabre Sidibe and oh. musical guest MGMT. But Management. More important than all of that, we have a debut on Weekend Update. It's springtime in New York, and thousands of tourists are coming to the city. Here now with some tips on the best New York spots to check out is our city correspondent, Stefan. Hey. Um. Hey, Stefan. Uh, are you okay? You seem different. I've had a weird few years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Stefan, um, yeah. you know, families, time of year when families are coming to New York, where can tourists go if they're looking for a great time in New York City? If you're looking for a good time, look no further. New York's hottest club is Crease. Club promoter Tranny Oakley has gone all out. <laughs> and inside is just everything. Lights, psychos, Furbies, screaming babies and Mozart wigs, sunburned drifters with soap sud beards. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? You know it's that thing when a hobo becomes a rich man, so they take the big bubble bath? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I believe, yeah, John Mulaney's key to this, Mm -hmm. before anybody knew who he was, he was writing these Stefan sketches, and I don't know why Lorne Michaels allowed this, but he would switch the jokes on Bill Hader, and his signature move became covering his face, because... He was reading a new joke for the first time and laughing at it like you. <laughs> and were. he was trying to cover up corpsing. Yeah, <laughs> I, was... I don't like Stefan. I believe they said in a cut sketch, or he appeared in a regular sketch. He did. So and, this and failed miserably. His, this isn't his first like debut on SNL. It's just his mm-hmm. debut on Weekend Update. Right. He actually had a sketch beforehand in 2008. Uh, that just didn't go over well, I guess. And I guess they retooled it and figured out it's way better for Weekend Update. And then it became one of the beloved Weekend Update It's, it's how Seth Meyers it's and Bill Hader so closed out their tenure at SNL with a Stefan yeah. sketch. And it's so good. And I love the fact that, I mean, Bill Hader breaks all the time on this. and <laughs> But it just makes it so much better because his signature move is covering his mouth while he's talking and you can tell half the time it's because he's reading something new and he thinks it's as funny as we do it's the first time so fun it's the first time he's learned what human roombas are (laughs) Uh, and and i i I think 
I, I think I was listening to another John Mulaney interview, and he was like, this is all based on the movie Party Boy with <laughs> Seth Green and Macaulay Culkin. And by the time Stefan was popular. Party Monster. Party Monster. And yeah. that shit was oh. like, that shit was like. 10 years old and like the character didn't really make sense anymore. <laughs> like this pansexual uh person who could afford to do ecstasy seven nights a week. Like uh But the- it doesn't make sense for the New York crowd, but it makes sense for everyone else in America. True. Because I think and I think that's what makes it so funny is that it kind of puts in perspective, what everyone else in America thinks about these New York clubs, like when you go to New York and you're going to try to get into a fancy club, it's going to have all this like weird stuff that's going on that you never have seen before. And like, eh, maybe that's true. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. I'm from small town USA, so I wouldn't know. But I think that it makes uh, a good point that like, yeah, anything he could be telling us could be true. We don't know. <laughs> I've been to to clubs all over the world, and I can honestly say I never see that until a rich person or company is releasing something they're proud of. Then you see like this giant freak show in a club. Like, is there is there coke in a bathroom? I don't know about. Like, I don't want to be here. Hmm. This is ridiculous. The weirdest club thing I ever heard of is that there was a uh, club in Tampa, a gay club in Tampa, that was catheterizing their go go boys with red wine and letting them. Piss into that is such an mouth. urban myth. That, that is, is the craziest. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. So urban must myth. be an urban myth. I I've heard that other places, and it's like that's not really how the body works. Uh, on four twenty five. Sorry, sorry, Ugh. sex number fans. Uh, when love is not enough, the Lois Wilson story, story starring Winona Ryder and Barry Pepper. That's where they went. Television movies. No wonder I haven't seen them in forever. So. Yeah, we just talked about actually, I think a TV movie about My Name is Bill W, about the yeah. birth of the AA movement. This movie is about Lois Wilson, Bill Wilson's wife, and her story during all of this, which I love so much that they made a TV movie about it because it's very important to show the stories of loved ones of addicts and alcoholics. And this woman, Obviously, it was very strong to have, having to be married to an alcoholic and loving him through all of this. And then she went on to found the Al-Anon and Alateen movement, which has been extremely important for a lot of people and have gotten them through a lot of rough times. Alateens, go! I'm going to play the clip. That's what I meant. <laughs> I've opened that drawer a dozen times today. I'm here. From the Hallmark Hall of Fame collection. He's trying to quit. And I have to believe he can do it. The story of two hearts. I can lick this. I can do it without you, pal. <laughs> Strong enough to heal millions. So I want to get sober all over this city. I'm Lois Wilson. Would you like to come in? When Nona Ryder and Barry Pepper. If there's healing for them, there must be hope for us. When love is not enough, the Lois Wilson story. This looks excruciating. Uh, I Jesus Christ. I'd rather have... I'd, I'd rather have nails in my eyes than watch this movie. <laughs> oh. No. oh. No. I, I love that they went back to the old school naming convention. The something something. The something something story. <clears throat> colon. The somebody somebody story. It used to be yeah. the perfect Hollywood headline. I'm really glad that they told this woman's story because obviously yeah. she had to go through a lot like anyone who is a loved one of an alcoholic or drug addict. And uh, Al-Anon has helped so many people. And I'm really glad that it exists. And yeah, I was really happy to see that they did a TV movie with Winona Ryder, which like in 2010, could you ask for like a 
better person. Is Battlefield Earth's Barry Pepper? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry Pepper is. But Renota Ryder, hello. Awesome. Oh, I love a young guy with a screwed up face. And on the 27th, Unsolved Mysteries, the reboot has its finale. Is this the Dennis Farina one? Yeah, it's the Dennis Farina one on Spike. Long story short, don't go to London. And <laughs> After the reboot on Lifetime that went for two years, and then after the original run that went from 87 to 99. <sighs> but it's still supposed to be coming back. Netflix why, says it's I coming mean, back. Why not? I mean, do you, do you we know? have the internet. What's unsolved at this point? I always say... Oh, uh, lots. Uh, Besides Adnan. When I was like 10... I was watching horror movies, but I had to start sleeping with stuffed animals clutched to my body because of unsolved mysteries. Now, when I go back and watch <laughs> it, like these are just unsolved cases you don't have enough evidence for that are like mildly disturbing. This doesn't even qualify as entertainment. This <laughs> this doesn't uh, even qualify as a, as a podcast. <laughs> Most no, of this stuff. Actually, oh, it definitely shout out, shout does. Out to- Shout out to podcast Resolved Mysteries that's going back through all of these and going into the stories and finding out what happened. Oh, oh my God, I love that. I can't imagine having yeah, that much free they're time. They're a lot of fun. All right. That, and that is it for the, the TV shows, the video games. It gets real weird. And I'll be able mm. to talk about this more with uh, our video game buddies, patreon.com slash laser time. I like to say over 40 years of video gaming, video game industry experience. And that's only important when you want to talk about Dead to Rights Retribution, a return of a series that nobody asked for or cared about from the PS1 era. <laughs> uh, 2010 FIFA World Cup South Africa, near the game no one talked about, and we made a lot of fun of uh, when it came out, and now looks like it's on the verge of being a very popular franchise 10 years later. Pixel Junk Monsters Deluxe hits PSP, Record of Agarus War, Super Street Fighter Four. Uh, the mm-hmm. the first time in the modern era, Capcom would be like, yeah, it's like uh, that game, but like you know, two percent more. Uh, <laughs> Twi- uh, Tech Mobile Throwback and Kick Ass the game is out this week. And is once- Tech Mobile Throwback as blocky as it should be? Is um, it true to the original? I can't remember. I have a foam finger from Tech Mobile. I think it's the DS game, which is more like the NES game, and this is more. Uh, next Jenny and more polished uh i, I again i have to do more research when we do the game show because like t- people wanting tech p- non-sports fans and gamers wanting tech mobile back was at peak height right now i haven't heard of the company <laughs> techmo doing anything in 10 years but uh they wanted tech mobile back they got it and everyone shut up and never asked for it again uh kick ass the game is out and just a quick plug patreon.com slash laser time executive produced by kevin kittridge and many other fine people over patreon.com slash laser time go and get yourself over 100 movie commentaries a weekly bonus show sick of star wars elm street nightmare and a bunch of other video commentaries a bunch of other exclusive stuff uh, you can dig through the, the backlog. Uh, you probably have a, a ton of free time. We have a bunch of stuff that's great to listen to while you're doing other things <laughs> instead of commuting. Uh, Di, where can people find you? They can follow me on Twitter at ListenAnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And this week on Laser Time, oh. I just want to say we're discussing, uh, it, the episode is t- titled That Dog is Dead, as a reference to Diamond Dog Dave Rudden, who was on the show. We did a show about traumatic childhood movies, and most of that always involved animals and animal death. We're not playing you clips of animal cruelty, but more talking mm-hmm. about how movies and television shows have used the 
death of animals to pull on your heartstrings and or mm. as the front line of defense in horror movies. Ah, get that cat out of here. My dog. Uh, like it's, it's, it's a hacky thing, but it's still around. And um, mm. just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. I turned. Right. It turned and, uh, out I was the only one who's seen the yearling like ninety times. How about that? Oh, Brandon? jeez. Yeah. Take what flag the uh, Gregory by, Peck one. Take flag out by the tree, tie him up, and yep. shoot him. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, man. Jody. That kid's annoying, but that movie is pretty good. You know, what we got coming up next week, though. I can what? tease because the last last couple of weeks we've had some sort of hidden gems and stuff, but no big ones. Next week we got a big one coming for two thousand. Ooh, girl. And we will all be asking repeatedly, are you not entertained? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I hate it. I hate, I'll, 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 yes, bitch. Uh, yes, bitch. You have to watch it again. <sighs> oh, dang. All right. All oh, right. dang. Maybe my man juices will get moving. Um, there you go. Maybe. Doubtful. Maybe. I, nothing else has worked. Even the pills. Anyway. Mm. Um, oh, those two micrometers. <laughs> he, it's a lot of blood to pump in. Why there. is my dick the size of a pussy hair? That's what the, the metaphor should have been. It was mm-hmm. that mirror was one pussy hair from a perfect Hubble telescope. Mm, uh, no, it's way funnier when we talk about your dick. Okay. Yep. Okay. Come on. It's our turn. You talk about it all the fucking time. Look, I had an operation as a little kid. I have multiple pee holes. Look, I've been watching the show Dave, by the way, which is my fucking... I love that show on Hulu. And uh, Mm. Little Dick, the story of Little Dicky and his bad dick and his rap career. Uh, Yeah, while we're talking plugs, does anyone have any quarantine plugs they want to make? I I said it on bonus time. I talk more in depth. But uh, the prank movie from Eric Andre, Bad Trip, is the most I've laughed in my house. Okay. In in, in two months. Sounds good. I've been looking forward to that. I think I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still not even halfway through Community, and we've been doing for hours a day. Yeah. Just railroading our way through Community, and that's, I'm loving it. That's been my nighttime cool down, like fall asleep to show uh, the past week, and I'm absolutely loving it. I have uh, – and this actually – kind of started before quarantine but uh as a big reader i kind of haven't read a lot of the classics such as very many uh novels by daniel Steele or jackie collins <laughs> and so i started doing that and i have to say i absolutely love them they are have, you, have you read janet ivanovich's 69 your I'm, face I'm sorry. Have you read it? Janet Avakov? <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to repeat the bad joke. No, I'm not going to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they are so fun, so pulpy. So if you happen to be quarantined with your mom or your grandma and they have a bunch of Jackie Collins or Daniel Steele's laying around, fucking crack one open. It is baby food and it is very fun. Looking at and you, cast of dinosaurs. And those women deserve our respect, by the way, because they are millionaires and they are the top Self-made, of their game. man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I had been thinking about now is finally the time to do more War and Peace, but yeah. Are you? I only want to read that for bragging rights, honestly. So, oh, I read War and Peace. You want to? You want to read War and Peace the same way I decided to watch Human Centipede? I did it, bitches. (laughs) I read War and Peace three years ago, and let me tell you, I've never stopped talking about it. Like, oh, you remember when I read War and Peace? Like. It is definitely bragging rights. And also, it's very good, by the way. I uh, hate to admit it, but it's very good. So read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear mostly good things on Seinfeld. 
<laughs> but there's that laser time video game apocalypse don't forget that show it's been so much fun to do during all this especially with final fantasy 7 remake out and we talk more about video games over there including a, a, a evergreen magazine style segment and a little look at new releases and news and i get really drunk on occasion especially now when i do these shows back and without further ado diana's gonna tell us who was born and died during this period of 30 2010 april 24th to the 30th who did die? You know who died? Who died? Nobody. Nobody. I didn't. Yay. I didn't find any any sad celebrity deaths, but mm. we got some coming up that uh, are going to move it to the news section because they're newsworthy enough. That's mm. that's how fucking sad they are. Ooh la la! But this week, nobody. Well, then oh, we actually, have... you know what? Another quarantine thing I'm doing: sewing. If you have a sewing machine, go make a couple masks and give them to your neighbors, dude. It's really, well, really so nice. Like doing. everyone has seems so amazed that I can sew masks, and now I've just mm-hmm. got like a freaking assembly line and doing them. And everyone's so happy because we're gonna need to be masked up for quite a while. When they reopen stuff, it's gonna be with masks first. Now we got to talk about birthdays. The birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. Uh, we have two former models turning 50 this week. I'll ma- only make you guess one of them. Okay. Uh, Heidi Klum. No. Okay. One of them, though, worked illegally in the U.S. on her visa and brought her parents over using chain migration. Mm, Melania Campbell. Trump. Melania Trump. Yes! Yep, she's turning 50. Boo. But she's not going to be the actual quiz. I just thought I'd throw that out there. God damn it. Yeah, so uh, happy birthday, Melania. You know, you you put up with a lot. I hope it's worth she, it. Is dude, it? dude. She does, but do then you she... you want we- him touching you? But then she wears shirts out in public. I don't care, do you? <laughs> yeah. Do you not have any handlers around you? Hey, do, do you remember in Classic Corner when I talked about Mussolini's girlfriend? I do. I'm just going to say that. Anyway. Oh. Come the revolution. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Please enjoy anyway. the view of this Texaco's roof. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the real birthday quiz. Born okay, so that April one did 29. not count. That one, well, Heidi Klum is still a guest. No, no, I still, w- I still won, but Sarah. Relax. This, False. That was a bonus. It's a bonus. Anyway, born April 29th, 1970. Also turning 50 years old. In Boston, Mass. Her father is a professor. Yeah, her professor. <laughs> father is a professor of Buddhist studies, and her mom was also a model. She started modeling around age 15, even though she's really insecure about her appearance, but she really wanted to act. Hmm. And since then, she has a song about her by Fall Out Boy, and she me too Harvey Weinstein hard. A Rose McGowan? Nope. Here are some of the movies that we oh, have talked Mira about. Mira Sorvino. Nope. Damn it. Johnny B. Good, Adventures of Aaron Munchausen, Percy Jackson, The Olympians, The Lightning Thief. Uma Thurman. It is Uma Thurman. Oh, you couldn't salvage it, Sarah. I'm still on top. Gross. Oh. We've also talked about where the heart is, the truth about cats and dogs, sweet and low down, lame is the non-musical one, beautiful girls, Batman and Robin, the Avengers, and Super X Girlfriend. Sorry about that. Gattaca and Dangerous Liaisons, where she is very good. And maybe Henry and June. No, coming up. Oh, okay. Coming Ooh. up. Okay. okay. We're gonna be rated A for adult over here. Everybody, get ready to masturbate a little. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about, Henry but I am June. intrigued. Henry and June. Mm-hmm. Don't Google it. Let us tell you about it. 
<laughs> but uh with that we are gone again consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash laser time listening to one of our shows look up diana on twitter and tell her what a good job she's done on the show because i don't like to answer my tweets and oh i haven't done this in a while but rate us and review us on itunes why well, not anywhere else Please just do. give us a little score anywhere you listen to the show we appreciate you Please. if you like us if you don't like us don't do that I just good yeah. luck out there. I'm glad we can provide solace <laughs> to anybody during if this you, time. If you don't like us, you wouldn't have gotten this far in the show. So mm-hmm. we're cool. Fair. That's Those fair. people and tapped out it. during my ninth Patreon mention, but <laughs> but you would have missed <laughs> the fucking closing song that awful Diana had to choose. <gasps> yeah, right after you said they should thank me, I come around and just stick the knife in your back because oh. I couldn't find any other song to go out with. So dang. I decided, well, let's see what's on the charts in uh, 2000. And boom. Oh, dang. Here we go. Creed's going to take us higher. <laughs> Can somebody please do a fucking a monster cut of Scott Stapp being Jesus in all these music videos? It is thoroughly ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think you have to do a monster cut. I think they're just, it's just watching the videos. It's its hysterical. This band is the worst, and they're from my hometown. And, it's, and we have a friend who opened up for them. We do. They've heard them on the show. They know Aaron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you might have talked hey, about Hey, Aaron. Opening up for Creed when they're during their ascent. Oh, it's so awful. Look, he's a he's a base for hire. He'll do whatever you got to do, no matter how bad the music is. And and <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Uh, but we'll close out with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe. Like, let us know uh, anything we messed up on. We really want to hear your feedback, especially like I want to hear somebody tell me something good about Space Invaders and Nightmare on Elm Street. I dare you. Uh, we love you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take us out, Scott. Can you take-